Hey, this is Sheik Akbar Shabazz, and you're listening to Wrestling POV Global. Hey, fans, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. Howdy. And channeling the spirit of Brian Cage, we have the gentleman, <laughs> Elio Canella. He speaks as eloquently as Brian does. I speak better than Brian Cage. <laughs> you heard the words. Andy just said it. You got 100 words or less, so you've already just burnt up seven of them. So you better, <laughs> yeah. you better be careful for this episode, buddy. <laughs> Guys? How are you guys doing today? We're all look. I know we're all burnt out, tired, and yet we all look happy and chipper. What what the hell? Are we all drinking coffee? Is that what's, what's going on here? I I got my usual beverage and my usual TCB koozie. What is the beverage? Diet Pepsi. Oh, no wonder we don't get along. I'm a Diet Coke guy. That's okay. 100%. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. It's okay. Yeah, well, I, I've accepted you for your fault, Andy. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, <laughs> take you as you are. Elio. Yes, sir. What are you drinking? I got nothing tonight. I milk, it's I, milk and cookies, isn't it? Milk and cookies. No, nope. just don't fall asleep on us. Don't fall asleep. <laughs> no, no, uh, actually, uh, this episode of AEW kept me awake. Okay, that that is good. It's good. I'm a little hyped up. I'm going to admit because yesterday my wife phones me and I said to her, "Can you bring me home a Trenta size, uh, very very hibiscus from Starbucks?" And now that yeah, it's like the thermos of like drink. And what people don't realize about the very, very hibiscus is they use white coffee beans in it. So this thing has more caffeine than all the other drinks that they sell on the entire <laughs> menu in it, okay? So I used to use this as like a rocket ship in the morning going to work, right? So my wife's going to pick me up one of these. And as she's coming home, she like phones me. She goes, you're not going to believe this, but everything must be coming up Tommy. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, well, I get there and somebody had screwed up and made a second one. So they're just like, oh, you can have them both. So she brings home two of these giant things. You're double fisting. I'm double fisting. I put one in the fridge. This morning I get up, take her to work, and I buy a Starbucks coffee. So now I'll go, I'll come home and I'm pounding that. And I'm like, oh, I still have one in the fridge. I'm pounding that. And I'm just like, now I'm still pretty damn hyped. So there you go. In the back of my mind, I'm probably going to pass out in a, in a slime of my own vomit on the pillow somewhere. But we're going to get through this show and have a lot so, of fun. So I have a question. Are you bouncing off the walls again? I am bouncing off the walls in my head. I'm too damn lazy to get up and actually bounce off the wall. <laughs> right. But in my head, I'm bouncing off. Okay. That, that, right. is some, that is some solid energy conservation. <laughs> that it is. That's what I've used my whole life of X, X or what now? Okay, anyway. Energy conservation. That's how what I am. I'm an energy conservationist. Dude, you pick up giant wheels and flip them around. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, I don't do anything. So I've okay. got to conserve, conserve the energy. They wheel you in on a gurney. Like, yeah. no, like... Uh, Hannibal Lecter. Yes. <laughs> they let you yes. off, you lift shit, then you lay back down and wheel out down. Yes. Now you know the truth, people. That is the lone wolf. Now, <laughs> Secret of my success. Speaking of lone wolf, you know, lone wolf, in my mind, always brings up, you know, a tough thing, right? But mm -hmm. boy, when I see uh, Adam Page, man, he, he's like the lonely wolf. I mean, <laughs> what the hell is that crap? He's like, mm. even now he doesn't have the drink, but he's walking around with his little quivering, sniveling lip. Yeah, and you guys are talking about what an awesome gimmick is, whatever, what an awesome gimmick he has, the cowboy gimmick. Like, no, 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 <laughs> the drink was the gimmick for me. <laughs> no, okay, uh, fair enough, fair enough. I did, it was Rick who was saying it was an awesome gimmick. That's I just true, said, that's true. 
You know, I just said he was a better gimmick than Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> I'm a show off. Anyways, <laughs> I'm the obnoxious kid you want to punch in the face at every class you've ever been in. Okay, start calling you a white bean. <laughs> Tone down, All white right. bean. I can't help it. I'm just a bouncer now. Anyways, let's get into let's get down, Yeah, let's get down to business. Let's get down to business. First of all, uh, before we start all our hot topics and all the uh, discussion that you guys have to did to, uh, lately, you know, we've been pretty heavy AEW. And let's face it, the pandemic, there wasn't a lot more besides AEW anyways. But the, some of the shows have started up again. And uh, I just recently, we watched this week's episode of WWE NXT UK. And... Uh, observations really like the set think it's really nice it's kind of a cool uh, setup they've got going there of course there's no fans it's all video screens just like you've seen a lot of the wwe presentations but on a smaller mm -hmm. scale um some interesting stuff uh elio what did you think just really quickly of uh looks like they might revisit the whole uh, imperium gallus thing you know that that was mm -hmm. we we enjoyed that it, it elevated gallus to an interesting thing and then they dropped it and gallus kind of dropped out but I think it might be cool to reignite this. What do you think? Yeah, I think I, I'd like to see this uh, this uh, match or this few uh, continue or pick up where they left off. Now, do you think it's going to be a full blown Gallus Imperium thing, or are they just going to concentrate on Coffee and um, uh, Wolf? I think uh, I think they're going to start off with Coffee and Wolf, and then uh, eventually both teams are going to immerse themselves into the feud, into that feud. I got to admit, you know, Imperium is such a big, strong team, but Gallus really took it to them. And I was actually impressed that Gallus looked as good as they did. So I do know I'm looking forward to that. And a quick word on the main event. My goodness, the Piper Niven and uh, Kylie, Kylie Ray thing. Or no, I can't miss her. Kaylee Ray. Her? Kaylee Ray. There, there's Kylie's Kaylee. Kaylee Ray, the current uh, women's champion, putting her belt up against Piper Niven. Now, longtime independent wrestling, fa uh, wrestling fans have watched these two women fight all over England for years and usually it's the opposite way usually Piper Niven is the bad guy and uh, Kaylee Ray is the good guy so it was kind of weird to see that flipped over and that Kaylee Ray is the bad guy and Piper Niven is the good guy uh really interesting match these chicks did not hold back like you know sometimes uh one of my biggest complaints is because they don't let women wrestlers do a lot of hardcore matches when they do get into that situation you see that very hesitant use of the things of weapons to the point where it's kind of uncomfortable where you're kind of like oh they're not really doing much you know what i mean but these two chicks have had like barbed wire and tack matches with each other wow. uh i mean there was a point there where uh kaylee ray wrapped a chain right around her face and was punching her in the face just like old you know it was just like amazing uh wait she wrapped a chain around her face Yep, she ate in her mouth, held her down while she was fighting her. It was a, it was a false count, no disqualification. Right, okay, no, no, I'm just trying to picture this. Oh, you said she, she wrapped it around, and then she was punching her in the side of the head, not into okay. the chain, but into okay, the there chain. there we go, thank but you. But trying to give you the look, though, also. Yeah, like, remember, okay, like, gotcha. Remember the old Tully Blanchard Magnum stuff where they would yes. do that? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Would, okay. You knew he wasn't, but they made it look like he was hitting him in the chain in the face. Okay. So, you know, uh, it came off great. Uh, you know, the familiarity these two have with each other in violent situations really came to the forefront here. They, there was no holding back. They were using weapons like crazy and, and really following through. Um, kind of hated the ending a little bit. Um, now we have, uh, oh God, don't make me say that word. Um, I'm not saying the word. Don't Ginny. say, you know the F word, Ginny. Yeah, Ginny, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess Ginny's going to be 
Piper Niven's new opponent, which I don't I'm, understand. I'm, I, I might have to put myself in the book because I'm I'm kind of starting to like Ginny. <laughs> uh, you're starting to like Ginny? Put yourself uh, in the damn book. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to. Okay, you know what? You might have to put me in too because I saw her a couple times recently and I was like, you know what? I'm kind of liking her a bit. <laughs> but, you gotta, but you got to drop it. I swear to God. Drop Nigel that McGinnis. word. Nigel Stop McGinnis, it. you say fashionista again and I will burn down your effing house with oh you. Oh my man. God. I swear to God. All Wait, right. Your effing house? Does that mean like his fashionista house? <laughs> <laughs> you're done. You're, you're killing me here, Andy. You're killing me. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. I, I, I've been through worse. I've been through worse. <laughs> okay, got the twitch out of my system. So yes, NXT UK looking pretty solid. Not even to get get into those idiot guys, uh, the 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 wannabe stripper dudes. Drop that crap. I'm, I'm so oh. sick of that gimmick. How come that happens in everything? There's always got to be one team who's uh, the guys are so pretty they should be strippers. You know, we, we got enough Fandango crap going around. We don't need it in every division. Um, next, I want to talk MLW. MLW. Yes. Holy, Andy, I don't know. I know you're a pretty busy guy. And I would just say, even just watch, even if you don't have time for the wrestling, just take a look at the opening five-minute package they put together on MLW for the relaunch. And wow, what a great way to catch up with the history of the company, the things that have been going on, and redirect us into what is now. It was exciting, interesting, and so well shot that it was like, uh, sometimes I used to get on MLW a little bit because there'd be times you'd watch it and you go, well, that's kind of Bush League. That's kind of indie-rific looking, you know? Uh, this was just solid all the way around. That package was pretty damn good. I was impressed very much with it. Nice. And the main event, uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr., who usually he delivers strongly, going up against Fa Two was an incredibly cool match. Did you watch and it tonight? I watched it. La uh, la no, I didn't watch tonight. So we'll have to report on that one next week. Okay. Um, so I, I, I was asking because I didn't get to see it. Yeah. Well, it, it comes on pretty much the same time. Yeah, it comes on at like seven o'clock so or something. So why are they one on Wednesdays? Yeah. Incredibly stupid since now they're going up against AW. NXT and AEW. Pretty right. dumb. But uh, uh, one thing, okay, in the history of wrestling, this is I want to see the look on Andy's face when I tell him this because it was oh, cool no. that it happened. Every time a Samoan does a headbutt, that's always a thing. They're always like killing people, right? They're hard headed, so the, yes. In the middle of the match, he winds up and nails uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. in the head with it. Davy Boy looks at him, laughs, and then starts headbutting the crap out of the Samoan and takes him out. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> Outstanding indeed. <laughs> well, you know, I guess uh, maybe after all, the Canadians may be a little more hard-headed than uh, the Samoans. Well, there was always that kind of callback, too, wasn't there? Like, his dad also was like a yes. guy you couldn't yeah, really headbutt. Yeah, Boy was, was really good with the two. Right. Yep, yeah, that's fair. So uh, I like that. I love callbacks in wrestling. And there was a few yes. things uh, which we'll talk about in AEW where they actually did some callbacks. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. So uh, just going to say, folks, though, uh, check out MLW. And uh, AJ Kirsch has been a friend to our show many times. We've had him uh, on the show. He's done stuff for us. And I turn on MLW and they introduce Rick Bocchini and then this big fat I don't know who the hell this guy was and no AJ. So I'm watching the show and this guy, I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt. This guy's terrible. Okay. I don't, he brings nothing to the show. He's just another mouth. It's not that Chino Gambino character. No, remember, no, 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 no. I remember He's you said he might be doing stuff with the MLW. Yeah. But right. So here's where it gets interesting. So I've listened to this and I'm not a fan of it. And I'm like, where the hell's AJ? Right. Cause AJ actually, I enjoy yeah. him on the show. He's a yeah. good commentator. So I actually just emailed uh, AJ today. And I'm like, Hey, what's going on? Where, are you still part of MLW? And he goes, well, cause of the pandemic, they're only using, guys in florida area right now oh. you know aj lives in los angeles right 
And I said, well, you know what? I was not impressed. And I said, what I'm going to do, and I'm going to tell the, the guys on WPOV to do this too, is uh, we're all going to make tweets out and we're going to tag in MLW and AJ and go like, where the hell's AJ Kirsch? And this other guy ain't cutting it. Bring us AJ. Yeah, I yeah. want AJ back on the show. He's a good, he's a good uh, voice and a, and a pretty good guy. So we got you back, AJ. All right. So we have, folks, check out MLW. You'll find that on YouTube every week, every Wednesday. It's a free show. Uh, there's no commercials. And it is really fun and well done. Okay. Now let's dig into our bag because we got some pretty cool hot topics this week. And uh, Andy, which hot yeah. topic you want to do first? I'll let you pick the hot topic you like the most. Uh, let's see. Our hot topics was that we had, was it Miro and Jericho? Yeah, the Miro one, Miro and Lana, or the Jericho one. Well, you know what? I think we're going to have more discussion with the uh, the Miro one, so let's do Jericho first. All right. Okay. The question has to do with this week's epi- question was, will Chris Jericho be ousted from the inner circle? Yes, no, or do we care? Now, when we first proposed this question, I have been the one saying forever that MJF, I called this back a long time ago, that MJF would worm his way in and eventually take over the thing and kick him out. The only problem is, guys, this has dragged on for so effing long, I'm almost falling into the who cares. Um, the more I watch this, it's it's getting painfully weird, and it's just dragged out way too long for me, and I'm going to just fall onto the line of who cares. Andy, where you yep. see, how are you feeling on this one? Uh, well, I mean, and you know, like I was the one that kind of came up with the topic and it was funny, like when I was saying yes, no, and, and I was kind of joking when I threw in the who cares, but we actually kind of took it to heart and, uh, you know, it looks like we're not alone in, uh, those that kind of feel the same way. And that's, you know, like to me, like that was part of the intrigue. It wasn't so much as like, oh, like will MJF, it was like, okay, well, if you're doing this, something's got to happen. Like there's, there's a reason for this and, you know, there should be something coming afterwards and and we can talk about having a build and uh you know trying to get people to invest but i mean to me there hasn't been much of a build here it's been more of just a drag mm-hmm. and the drag it's just to the point now where it's like yeah like you see it and it's like okay like there's the inner circle and there's mjf Penordlo and the gang's all here and it's kind of like to me it almost feels anticlimactic mm-hmm you know, it's like they, okay, so they joined, MJF joined, Wardlow joined. They're not like some new powerhouse. They're in a tag match with SCU. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and no disrespect to SCU. No, no, but. But yes. you know what I mean? Like, you would think something like that, there would be like a, like a, like a more of a major, major push, more of an age, mm-hmm. major angle for, you know, all the, the airtime it was given, everything that, that was given. But even back then, like I was saying, like these segments to me weren't getting me emotionally invested into what was going to happen and i think you said it was like you know it almost seemed to to us it almost seems like to everybody except jericho that something's going to happen and you don't almost feel like you don't feel sorry for jericho no no yeah and and now i'm just like okay like there it's here that's i guess this is this is it and i i'm yeah i'm sort of unfortunately in the uh who cares boat well you know what for me i think uh the biggest derailment of this whole possible escalation and then the storyline uh, as much as some people like that, that song and dance thing really uh, I think just kind of killed the momentum of how the story was going. I don't know if, if you agree. Do you think it did anything or for you, was it? It. I'm not putting it down. I, yeah, I want to no, just clear well, that I'm not yeah. saying it was good or bad. I'm just saying it, it, for me, it derailed the story. 
Yeah, and, and, and you know what? I think I think that's a very fair assessment uh, to say like it derailed or it. Uh, I think it took away from any seriousness or from you know that emotional investment that it's like oh okay like well things are getting tense like what's going to happen here, you know like it just was like you literally turned it into a song and dance. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry. I mean, and I and I even kind of wrote down, and I'm. I think as we get into the review of the show, uh, oh, I know why I wrote it down. But uh, I even made a little side note saying, like, comedy doesn't draw. It can be fun. It can be entertaining. But comedy is not, like, it, it, it's not it's not what you're buying tickets for. It's not what you're tuning in for. I mean, you know, people say, oh, I'll turn it because it's funny. Well, yeah, but that's not what I mean. I mean, you know, to get that legit interest the legit mm -hmm. emotional investment like you know you go through and you watch wrestling you know pre-pandemic and when the fans are there you know people aren't coming like they're not popping like the big stuff isn't for the comedy mm -hmm. yeah, there, yeah it usually isn't no it, it's, it's a part it's a part of the circus yeah, it's a part it's of the a show part of it, but it's a minor part of it yeah it, and it's not the major draw and so that's where to me where this angle i think you know you say it kind of derails this was kind of like it was a major angle and then it turned into this comedy thing, and yeah, now I don't care. Yeah, and, and as you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, the only way that this comedy part could have possibly, possibly have worked is after each of the comedy things, if we had just gotten like a look or something from MJF to show that I'm just screwing with this guy. <laughs> something sinister might have helped that along. You know what, when you say that, and that goes back to even with some of the initial interactions with MJF and Jericho, you know, mm -hmm. where they'd have it and they'd have like, oh, like Jericho and MJF, they bump into each other in the parking yeah. lot. Hey, I think you're great. Hey, I think you're great. And then they mm -hmm. walk away and they're both like, jerk, jerk. Like, yeah. Like that. Like, and that worked because you had the comedy there, but in the end it was like, oh, things aren't what they seem. Right. And you without that, yeah. without that, there's no levity. It's just like, oh, we got together, we did a song and dance. And that's it. Well, well, yeah. Okay. It, it's that great. It's that great. It's the cheap pop. It's the, Hey, we'll get people to talk about it. Uh, to me, it feels like, Jer you know, like Jericho is doing stuff going, Hey, look what I can do. Look what I can get people to do. Look what I can. Yeah, get. exactly. It, it's just like the whole, uh, what was that stupid match where you had the, the, all the pool filled of junk. It was just the almost mimosa. like, yeah. It's like Chris Jericho is kind of like, look at me. I can get us to do some really stupid shit on national television. We can do almost anything. Yeah. And it's funny. Yeah. Uh, a while back, I was listening to uh, a, another podcast, the University of Dutch with Dutch Mantel. And, mm -hmm. and, and these were some like they were you know, not overly recent, but one of the ones I was listening to, uh, he was talking about Jericho and he was talking about Orange Cassie and kind of their deal together. And now I'm just going off off the off the podcast and what was said, but mm -hmm. I would like to assume, uh, you know, considering the source that it was legit. So I mean, I didn't actually see these numbers for sure, mm -hmm. but for he kind of like basically to paraphrase, it was like you know Jericho kind of jokes about being the demo god, mm -hmm. but uh, some of the lowest rated segments that he has been a part of were his interactions with Orange Cassidy. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, it's, people can, you know, and we, and I won't even get into talking about, like the rub and all that stuff, but I mean, mm -hmm. if that's true, mm -hmm. you know, the comedy can only do so much. And if people aren't buying into Orange Cat, I mean, I guess that's why, like, even now, mm -hmm. like, like, to me, like, he's no better off than he was before working with Jericho. Mm -hmm. You know, and we, and we talk about how it's like getting to be the same, same shtick. Yep. 
Yeah, and actually, I'm going to bring him up later on in the show with a key thing I want to ask you guys about, which I think was a lost chance for any character development today. So we'll go over that okay. too later. Okay. Uh, okay. Elio, yes, sir. what do you think of this question, man? Will Chris Jericho be ousted from the inner circle? Or okay, do they for, oust MJF? For me, I'm in the who cares category because mm -hmm. when we first started this storyline, I was like, okay, uh, let's see where this goes. I'm pretty sure that something's going to happen where either they're going to end up feuding or MJF's going to like uh, take over in a circle and they're going to kick Jericho out. And then mm -hmm. we're waiting, waiting, waiting. We get nothing. So now I just don't care. We got that uh, song and dance, which was entertaining for what it was, but mm -hmm. didn't really do anything for the story. Well, you know what, fans, we, we uh, sometimes you'll hear me and Andy especially uh, complain about uh, not having a story like developed enough, right? But there's a big difference between developing a story and taking your time than like stretching and stretching and not giving up. It's like baking. You could throw a cake. Yeah, it's going to take an hour to make that take, you know, properly. You got to wait an hour. But you leave it in there two, three hours, it's just garbage, you know? Yeah. You can't overdo stuff either, you know. Uh, a build is nice, but there just becomes a point where there, if there's no progression in the build and no clear idea where the build's going on any kind of time scale, it really people just lose interest. Uh, read us out the numbers. How do people vote in on this one, Elio? All right. So for for this one, mm -hmm. they voted. Uh, Fifty went with yes, and twenty-five each went with uh, no. And who cares? Wow, there's still 50% who say yes. Uh, we, I noticed we have a, a comment from uh, Dave Stanford who said, fuck no, inner circle will become a war between him and MJF. Then and only then could he be removed. So I think he's thinking that MJF is going to be the one kicked out yeah. of the circle first. Then which is going to be, oh, sorry, sorry no, I was going to say, which, which is an odd thing because they really haven't, uh, they just keep splintering the group. It seems half the people are on MJF side, and, and yeah. it's a very evenly split. Go ahead, uh, Elio. Yeah, then we have two more comments. Okay. From Rick Surrounder the third. Who? Exactly. Jericho <laughs> <laughs> uh, will be ousted and become the top face that AEW is in desperate need of, leading to his retirement in the coming year. Mm -hmm. I can see that. I can and see then that. And Josh Sanders says, dude needed to retire like a year or two ago. So if the inner circle wants to get wrestling things done, then they better. All Jericho is going to do is have them looking like the hangover boys. <laughs> um, There's something really interesting in there. Uh, I, you know what? You guys have all said it, and I never got it. And today, and maybe it's just because I'm all hyped up on caffeine and whatnot, when I was walking into the kitchen and setting up the thing, for the first time ever in my effing life, that stupid Judas song was playing in my head. <laughs> Seriously. I usually just laughed at you guys about it. I'm like, what are they talking about? Then all of a sudden, whoa, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> See, I told you, it's catching on. You're going to start uh, singing it. Now it's, in the, hey, you know now it's stuck I, in your I, head. I may have to add it to my uh, one of my workout playlists. <laughs> see if anyone else that notices what it is you know <laughs> i i always this is mean but i i bet you if we played that song everywhere like say 10 times in our day at 10 different places i bet you there may be a couple people who would go is that chris jericho i bet you not one person would say hey is that fuzzy <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> 
So yeah. sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay. I'm just glad he got away from that stupid uh, stage name he was using when they first oh, started. Mongoose, Mong Mongoose McQueen or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea what you guys are talking about. Yeah. No, he, yeah. that way, he was using that as a stage name when they first started, when they first put out their first CD. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. I have never even, I couldn't even name, you could probably play all their songs and I'd have no clue it was them. Oh, uh, the, <laughs> most of the songs I wouldn't know, but as, as yeah. far as the story goes, that yeah. was kind of the thing was like, like uh, Fozzie kind of started off in Japan or something like that, didn't mm -hmm. it? It was like Mongo. Mongo. Yeah. And, and apparently all the, um, all the American groups uh, started stealing all their songs yeah. that they yeah. claimed they wrote. Yeah. Yeah. So it, was, it was, you know, like a parody tongue-in-cheek yeah. thing. It was, it yeah. was quite it's entertaining. Sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Because at the time, I think with Jericho and, and WWE and stuff, like he couldn't really do anything. So it was like that mongoose okay. type of thing. And like, oh, that mongoose McQueen sure looks a lot like Chris Jericho. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Good stuff. Let's Let's move on to our next question. And it probably, we do have, I know this has been a passionate thing for both me and Andy, because we've been such big Myro fans and watching this, the, the decline of this. But our next question involves, uh, at the moment we have Myro on AEW, uh, kind of being de-emphasized or poorly pushed in a way. And then on the flip side, we have his wife still in WWE, who's all of a sudden getting a hell of a lot of TV time at the same time, not demonstrating much wrestling ability or much real character development. So the question we had this week, guys, is who's going to have a better year next year? Is it going to be Lana or is it going to be Myro? Uh, I'm going to throw it over, first of all, to Elio, just because he muted his mic and I like to watch him move around. Elio, <laughs> who's going to have the better year here and why? Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Miro to have the better year because I swear, like, they brought this guy in, they totally ruined his debut with this best man gimmick and the video game but i can see him his year getting better because for a lot then you have lana who for the longest time we haven't seen and now all of a sudden we're seeing her on tv every week she's getting through getting put through a table every monday night mm -hmm. which has started becoming like a running joke and but she hasn't really done much like we saw on sunday night she just stood in the corner so mm -hmm. doing uh, nothing and then uh, ends up winning the whole uh, match. So I'm going with Miro on this one. Okay. Um, before I go to Andy, I just want to quickly say, you know what? I was going to go with Miro just for the same fact as if you boil it down to what we really are dealing with here. Um, Miro has a lot of talent. He's got a great look. He could, with the right, uh, with the right opportunities, yeah. really rise to the top and be something spectacular. I'm sorry, as beautiful as Lana is, she's not very talented. And given, I, I don't think you can give her, the, I, I'm, like, I'm saying she'd probably burn out the opportunities instead of actually extending to another level because fans see her for what she is. And she's a pretty girl. She's a great manager. She's a piss poor wrestler. And I, I don't think she translates very well. Uh, what do you think, Andy? Uh, I'm going to go Miro as well. And, and the same thing. I just, I mean, a, a lot of it for me is just wanting to be optimistic and hoping that uh, in the next year, mm -hmm. the booking storyline, everything, because we know the talent is there. We know the charisma is there. We know the work is there. Uh, it's just, like you said, opportunity. With, with Lana, for me, I think her best days were when she was kind of doing the, um, like the Russian Bulgarian yeah. manager. Yeah. That was her, her best. That was her forte. Um, yes. Yeah. 
but for for where she's at now uh i feel like there's i feel like sort of she's burnt out mm-hmm. um you know we've discussed it i think that to me it almost feels like what they're doing with her is i i said a bit of a rib it's almost like mm-hmm. you know we're gonna do this and kind of it's not a serious thing if it works out hey it's a bonus and if not you know, mm-hmm. well, well it, it, it's, it's the sense of, uh, you know, throwing it against, you know, throwing stuff against the wall, seeing what sticks. Yeah. Hopefully something will. Right. Yeah. yeah and that's, and that's kind of how I, I feel unfair, like for her, like, unfortunately, uh, I just, there's, and without the crowd there too, I mean, I think the crowd would make a difference with her, whether, mm-hmm. whether it was in accepting her or not, I think the crowd, because I think the crowd, a live crowd would react to her more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, or I think, give you a better indication of which way she could go, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like regardless, mm-hmm. like she'd get some sort of reaction. But but I think in, in this environment, uh, I don't think she's there, there's a disconnect, and I don't think it's. Um, she, to me, I almost feel like it's it's kind of like a book to fail kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Now um, let, let's go in first of all. Uh, what, what kind of numbers do we have out of this one, Elliot? So we had uh, 50, it was a split, 50 went with Miro, 50 went with Lana. <laughs> That's just mind-blowingly mind stupid. Really? <laughs> 50% each way? You Please tell me somebody commented. <laughs> somebody, somebody uh, must have let's commented. take a look at the comments. There is one. Oh. From Rick's around the third. Who? Okay. <laughs> no, it's cool. You know what? Come on. We, we comment on their stuff and I'm glad. What does Rick have to say? Because I'm always curious. With the, we, 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 we get on his case, but we do what we're interested in what he has to say. Okay. So he says, I want to believe Miro will have the better year, but looking out, looking how AEW is handling it, he may not. Lana is having a good moment right now, but I don't think it'll last. I have to go with Miro, but my expectation isn't high. Okay. Okay. That, Andy, you that, want that's to fair. I'm starting to question these numbers. I, I question like the the tallying of these numbers, the voting of these numbers. Uh, I would I would like a recount. Uh, okay. I would like to see the results. I want to see where they came from because I'm. Oh, hold, hold on, hold on. I, I'm I'm getting word right now that uh, a lot of the num- a lot of the votes have not been certified yet. Oh, have not what about the mail-ins? Have they counted the mail-ins? I I don't believe they're done. Oh, have we got goodness. the voter count? Have we got the voter count from Ohio? Yeah, that's, a, that's important. I'll, well, I guess we're, yeah, you know what? Andy might have a, a thing here. That the Ohio is a swing vote for us, man. We're gonna have to, we're probably gonna have to reevaluate all of this and uh, let's not announce a winner going forward right now. Okay. It's it, the only fair thing to do. Okay. Cause if we're not sure, if something goes wrong here, I'm gonna sue somebody. Don't sue me. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. Okay. Uh, I got a weird question or a weird little thing really quickly. And I know I brought this up and I wanted to explain clearly what I was getting at when I brought this up, but I was watching, um, I was sorry. I was listening to a couple of podcasts this week and I was listening to uh, post wrestling and uh, they had on a guest uh, like a guest uh, host and uh, he was an African-American guy and they were going over wrestling. And then he said, he brought up this and maybe it's just silly or dumb, but he said, okay, you have Lana who uh, she all of a sudden, like she went from one week to be in this really horrible bitchy person and her and Natty were doing all these horrible things to people. And then the next week they're slamming her through a table every week. And it's like, they've given you no reason to like her. 
Like nobody cares that she goes through the table. Nobody's like, oh, poor Lana, you know, because she has done nothing to elicit any kind of, of sympathy. And he goes, it's almost like she is the embodiment of white privilege. You're supposed to just cheer her because she has no talent. <laughs> she's a pretty white blonde girl. Oh, we should just cheer her now because she's going through the table. And I just thought that was an ironically funny thing. In a way, it does kind of encapsulate that. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not what they were shooting for, but it does, it's very indicative of how little of Latin is always in our face, but they haven't given you anything about this woman to like her whatsoever, but keep putting her in a situation where I honestly want to keep her seeing her go through. I want to see Nia Jax throw her through the table because she's always been kind of useless anyways. What, what do you guys think of that? I, this, to me, this goes right into what I said. Like to me, it's like, either a she's getting booked like this as a rib or she's getting booked to fail i don't think it has anything to do with embodying yeah, white no. and i, no, and no, I, I know what you're yeah no I, I i know but uh like i said to me that just comes back to what i said like i it, it's there because he's right like mm -hmm. you know there's 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 no connection there's no reason to feel sorry for her there's no reason to buy into it uh and and nowadays going through tables you know it's it's so common mm -hmm. you know oh hey she's going to another table big deal well you know here's the thing too uh she's been through it like nine times before the uh, pay-per-view and but nine times there should be a part of us that would be like man i hope she gets her revenge i hope she's the one who turns the table but it there was no reason to care about her she was such yeah. a horrible person that she went through the table. You're like, oh, well, well, you know, even after the ninth one, I was just like, oh, I hope they threw her through again. Like, yeah. you know, and that's not good development whatsoever. You, yeah. you know, somebody being, anyone being brutalized. I mean, I, I felt more sympathy for her when she was told to step in the corner and stay there and, and being berated by her team for the first time ever was any time I felt bad for her. Cause we've all been that, yeah. in our lives at one time where a group of people have kind of ostracized you for just to be a dick when you're a kid somewhere in school, unless you're big and Jack, like old swole there. But uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. You just put them in headlocks and go get out of here, bitches. Exactly. Anyways, <laughs> but no, that, that was the only time I ever felt any sympathy for her. Not even going through a table nine times. I cared, you know, so yeah. that just tells me, they're not connecting with something. There's a big lacking thing. And how can you care about this character? She's not going to go any further if you can't make you care about her either way. I let me here. Let me throw this at you. Mm -hmm. just, and I, I was thinking about this just as you were saying this. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying this as a knock on Lana per se. Like it's more like the, you know how she's booked, not mm -hmm. on her. And I have not watched this show I'm about to talk about in years. Okay. But I will tell you. I would feel more sympathy for Kenny from South Park getting killed every week. Right. Than I would feel because it's like, you know, like, oh my God, they killed Kenny. It's like, oh we no. Bastards. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Lana goes through a table. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah. Next. No. Fair enough. And folks, one thing I've learned in my life, my wife has said to me in any conversations where I start something and then I serve per se, it means that I'm just being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> per se means no i actually mean this but i'm being nice and say per se <laughs> all right let's move on to uh our interdimensional intergalactic inter something or others we have wwe versus 
AEW. This week, our contenders in the WWE, we have Keith Lee representing the WWE versus Lance Archer from AEW. What is your pick on this? Who, who I want Lance Archer. And why? Because uh, he's uh, more believable than uh, Keith Lee. Uh, the way they've uh, portrayed his character just doesn't work for me. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Andy, who are you picking on this one? Okay, wait. So I just want to make sure here. The question is, who's going to have a better career? Well, it's like the our every week. Yeah, in the end, yeah. who's going to have the better career? Okay. Uh, I just want to make sure because as he was talking, like in my head, I was thinking something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say Keith Lee. Okay. I, I understand as far as like, you know, prior to AEW, Lance Archer's got the past in uh, Japan and whatnot, which mm-hmm. I always, you know, I have a lot of respect for that. Uh, but kind of looking at like current bodies of work and potential going forward because in the mm-hmm. past a lot of our interdimensional intergalactic matchups are mm-hmm. guys that are usually more you know a lot further along in their career yep. versus guys that are at an earlier stage whereas mm-hmm. and i know lance archer's been around but i still feel like these guys are still kind of like at a similar similar spot kind of like where they are in the cards mm-hmm. and their respective companies so i think to me from what i've seen uh talent wise and i know the booking for wwe can be a little eh. mm-hmm. I, i'm gonna say keith lee okay now you you said something very telling there and i agree with you i agree with keith lee but you said something really telling that just proves our point here is the fact that you know keith lee's been around maybe five or six years uh, in the independence doing his stuff um lance archer's been around for almost like 20 years Okay, he's had a very long career. Uh, His New Japan body of work was a very short run as a singles wrestler before getting signed. He had mostly tag team. He spent like two or three years in New Japan as a tag team partner of Davey Boy Smith Jr. And uh, so uh, that's so telling that they're on the same level when Archer's got maybe three times the length of career. Um, I think, you know what, they're both talented. But I do really feel that uh, Keith Lee has a lot more. He has a lot more going talent-wise with him. He's got a yeah. little more gifted. He he can do a lot more things. Uh, Archer, he's looking great now. He's finally learning how to be the big monster guy. But um, monsters are limited in their run and in the and in their spotlight because a monster is built up to be slain and then he becomes a mid-card guy maybe at best. Right? Uh, guys like Keith Lee are much more versatile being a big man who can do the things he can do is a guy that you could plug in constantly every couple of years into the, the higher cycle into the top of the cards. So I'm going to go with Keith Lee. Um, that being said, uh, Archer, uh, tremendous guy. I, I enjoy, I I've met him, um, interviewed him a couple of times. He's a really good guy, very That's big, cool. very imposing and really nice. It, it's so funny when I see him as the murder Hawk. Now he was always just a really quiet, nice guy, you know? So it's good to see them bringing this out of him. I uh, can't stand the Keith Lee's uh, that they've turned him into. Whoa, perchance I would say if we could, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, but hey, this is WWE. Look at half the wrestlers. If any wrestler who's been there over five years has already been through two or three personalities. So who knows what the future holds for Keith Lee in that aspect. But we do know it's got much more reach and a lot more people looking at it than AEW does. So uh, at this point, you know, maybe if they signed uh, Archer for a last run in, in WWE, maybe then he'd have a little more chance. But Keith Lee's still, you know, not even halfway through his career and he's in a better prime place. So I'm going to go yeah. with Keith Lee too. What kind of numbers we got there, Elliot? So we have Lance Archer. We had 53% going with Archer and... Wow. 
47% going with uh, Keith Lee. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's close, but it seems that people yeah. are leaning towards Lance Archer. Good on uh, him. I wonder, I wonder if that has to do with just like the longer body of work. Could be. It could yeah. be. He does have a longer, more impressive. Because let's face it, his international work is right up there on the levels. When you look at Keith Lee's work, it's all like indie in the U.S. where you know, yep. not a lot of people get to even see pro wrestling gorilla or stuff like that. So, alrighty. And did we have a who's Sean this week? Yep, we had the Young Bucks. Oh yes, I picked this one. Talk, okay, I guys, I tried to think what would be the hardest one to pick in a current tag team, and let's face it, this is a hard one. The, yeah. You know, whoa, the the reason the Young Bucks work so damn well together is because a lot of times they blur their personalities and become a machine. But they do have personalities. Elio, yep. which one of the young bucks in your mind, and this is, I'm just tossing in my head right now, I was trying to figure this one out. Who do you think uh, is the Sean in this group? I'm going with uh, Matt. Matt, okay, and why? I decided to find that he's got uh, more, like his personality stands out a lot more than Nick's does. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, Nick just does like a lot of stink face in the background, like everything's bothering him. And and I do love how Jim Cornette calls him Balding Buck, which I think is pretty funny. All right. uh, Andy, who are you going to go on this one? Is, is Matt the one that has the beard? Uh, he yeah, the, the face stuff on the yeah, side here. Stuff. And yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go with him because he can grow the, the face stuff. Okay. <laughs> now, yeah. Um, Boy, this was a tough one because here's this is just exactly the same as the Hardy Boys. Okay, you have uh, Nick, who's the slightly more presentable, better looking one, but he does all the craziest moves of the team. All this, he's the guy who's the finisher when you know Matt's doing all the setup. The only problem is, just like Jeff Hardy, he's a terrible person to talk on the mic. He's not good at it. He he he's his personality does nothing. You know what I mean? Uh, Matt, on the other hand, is like personality overboard, okay? And it's funny because he's just like, you know, Matt Hardy. Uh, it's just too much sometimes. You get out there and he's like, he's like, uh, you know, like you went to the grade 12 play. <laughs> and you're watching them do a production of, I don't know, West Side Story. And there's a kid who's the fill-in. You know, he's such a hammy, hammy guy to talk. Um, but then they also do all these annoying, dumb things like, we're supposed to believe like I, how tall are are the uh, are these guys? I mean, they only got to be around like five seven at the most, yeah. right? Young bucks are pretty small dudes, and then you and and weight wise, I mean, they've got to be. I you, I'd look it up, but we all know that wrestling lies, you know, when it comes to building people's things. Um, but do you remember uh, Elio when Matt did that ridiculous like all across up and down the stadium? Uh, doing a rolling German suplex, uh, you know, we're supposed to believe a guy that size could do a hundred yards of suplexes. Mm. They're they're billed at uh, five ten and about up uh, between one hundred and seventy two and one hundred and seventy eight pounds. Okay, so that means they're probably about five seven, and they probably each weigh maybe one hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> Because they're not big guys, I, and I'm not taken away from there. I know Andy's not the biggest fan of them. Elio, how do you stand on these guys? Do you like the Young Bucks? Like, do you like? Enjoy, do you enjoy watching some of their matches? Not their biggest fan. Uh, some of their matches are entertaining, but other than that, not really big on the Young Bucks. Okay. Um, 
I don't like the fact that there's their wrestling is no storytelling. I, I it's all spot fest, but there are times I'm sorry, I want to go to a wrestling match and I want to see a dude jump off the top rope into the crowd. I want to see that. Sometimes I want to get in there and chant what the fuck, you know, like yes. So I get the attraction to it. And they do this better than anyone else. Um, in the end, oh God, I don't even know where to go with this one. If they could just get Nick Jackson to have a personality somehow, he would totally take this away. He doesn't. And on the flip side, you have Matt, who's, he. if you watch, he does nowhere near the amount of stuff his brother does. He's a total utility setup man who talks. This is pro wrestling. So I guess you'll have to go with Matt because at least he can hide all of his stuff with a partner the rest of his life, right? <laughs> so yeah, we'll go with Matt too. So uh, so our votes again were Matt, Matt, and what was yours, Elio? Was it Matt? Matt. Yeah. Okay, perfect, perfect. All right, well, fans, there you have our uh, strange explorations into, uh, into uh, this week's topics. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. But before we go to break, I just wanted to tell you guys that this show is one of a couple shows that we do on this network. There is this one, WPOV Global, where we dedicate a lot of our time to deep diving in AEW Dynamite. And we take a look at other independent stuff and we come up with questions that are deep further into some of the wrestlers that you know. You can find us every Friday. Uh, you can find WPOV Wrestling, which is every Saturday, where those guys take a, you have Rick Serrano III, Tony Diaz, Miguel Cole, they take a good long look. And I guess, Elio, you've almost been hanging out there a little bit too much. Are you, are you jumping ship on us, man? Did you cross the border? What the heck? I, think they okay. give a, I think they give him a bit of, more of a bigger word count. I don't know. I think we've been mean to Elio sometimes, so maybe that's why he's like, you know, screw you no. two idiots, you two no. balding bastards. Anyways, <laughs> um, so you can find their show every Saturday. Um, and every Monday is a show that the three of us really uh, have a great time with me, Andy, and Elio. It's called WPOV Quarantine, and it's our Zoom-based show. And every week, we get together with some cool wrestlers. Sometimes we get on some veterans. Sometimes we get on some legends. Sometimes we get up-and-comers. Who knows? It's a great mixture. We have a topic. We sit around, and we talk some really good wrestling. You don't get rumors and bullshit and dumb stuff. And what you get out of this is a really good talk for people who love wrestling. I guarantee you'll sit down, and we'll talk about stuff that you've wondered about and stuff you've wanted to answer. Because, man, me and Andy, we go in there with just the questions and the stuff we've always wanted to know from these people yeah. or about things what other people think and that's what's important there are no winners or losers here we're all just talking about things in our lives and the things that work in wrestling so check that out every monday you can find them okay guys let's see i know i can do this you can find <laughs> these things on itunes iHeartRadio, spotify podbean tune in is there another one am i missing one Holy smokes, <laughs> Elio with the touchdown. <laughs> you can find him on all those networks. <laughs> and Elio, please tell the people where to write in if they have questions, concerns, if they want Andy to shave, if they want me to wear Andy's facial hair on my head as my own hair. That escalated to weirdness really quick. <laughs> oh, no, you can wait us on Well, I'm going to... Ellie, you tell them I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go sponge bath. Okay, I'll be right back. You can uh, write to us on Facebook at uh, Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter Wrestling POV. Excellent. So, fans, we'll be back in a few minutes, and we will take a quick look. Our quick. Who are we kidding? We're gonna take a deep look at AEW Dynamite. Deep. What's up, everybody? This is AJ Kirsch, and you're listening to Wrestling POV Global. Take a look 
at AEW Dynamite. But Dynolite. Dynolite. Uh well, not flashlight. Anyways, um oh. <laughs> Andy, I know you're yes. burst. But first of all, before we get into it, love the t-shirt. Thank Where'd you. you get it? Where'd you get uh, it? The hol- you know what? I've had this one now for probably about 10 years. So I'm not even sure. It could have it could have been old navy, it could have been Walmart, it could have been the t-shirt shop. I've okay. got it's I've got about uh, six or seven. I'm a I'm a t-shirt guy, yeah, and so I've got about one. six or seven kind of Christmassy t-shirts. Mm-hmm. So kind of once uh, you know uh, Remembrance Day or Memorial Veterans Day or whatever in the states. Once that kind of hits, then it's mm-hmm. kind of like for the next uh, five six weeks, and I bust out the Christmas shirts. And yeah, uh, I've noticed a lot of Christmas shirts on you lately. Yeah. And the reason I the reason I brought that one up in particular is I had a friend who recently sent me, and I'm not going to name it because it's not a site we're associated with but a site in england where they make t-shirts that are very specific they don't say out and out what the what the uh, project is like yours you have to either know you either know what the griswold family thing is or you don't you know and they have (laughs) they specialize in all these t-shirts like this like i told my wife i wanted the shirt and she had no clue what it was i had to explain it it just said uh uh, the nostromo crew on it it was a nostromo crew t-shirt right and she's like what does that even mean you know and do you guys know I don't even know what that means. Nostrum? Uh, alien. Uh, okay. So ship yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it was, nice. it's like that. They specialized in t-shirts where you either got the joke or you yeah. didn't get the joke. So, but speaking of t-shirts, I know you wanted to say something about t-shirts. Speaking of t-shirts, speaking of merch, WPOV has merch. The holiday season is upon us. Whether you are celebrating Christmas, whether you are celebrating Kwanzaa, whether you are celebrating Hanukkah, whatever holiday you might be, it might be your birthday. You might be one of those poor, unfortunate souls whose birthday lands somewhere between like December 20th and December 26th. What you need is a wrestling POV t-shirt. And if you would like your wrestling, your very own wrestling POV t-shirt, or you want to get one for somebody, uh, you can go to prowrestlingtees.com. I believe that's the correct site. Yep. Uh, we have four different designs that are available. You can check them out. I believe they're $19.99 or $19.95 in uh, good old US and A dollars. Uh, all funds, that were, well, all proceeds, everything that we make that goes uh, back into the show giving you folks uh, some fine, fine content and uh, helps keeps us going. So uh, help us help you get some presents for some friends, maybe for yourself, and we'll keep doing what we do over here. That's right. And that's www.prowrestlingtees.com backslash WPOV wrestling. And when you said it all went back to the show, I was going to go, none of it goes up my nose. Anyways. Um... Wow. <laughs> and uh, yes, one of them is global and it features an Andy. I feel bad because you came in a little late on the, the thing. It, okay. uh, it says the WPOV slogan. And then it says legend with an arrow pointing up and gentleman with an arrow pointing down. You guys decide what that means. Um, I'm an egotist, yeah. so I'll go the nice way. I'm not even sure where I would fit on that shirt. So <laughs> I'm gonna on get that. Back. I'm gonna get you that get the uh, whole back. I'm yeah. gonna give that uh, t-shirt uh, plug a B plus to an A. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what, guys? Uh, we've been in good moods, all of us today. You can probably tell we seem even though we like we said, I know Andy's tired, I know I'm tired, I know Elio's tired. But the thing is, we actually came out of a damn good AEW today. Um it overall is a show of pretty solid, 
you know last week i felt bad and who knows you know i felt bad in the fact that i thought AEW was really solid last week and i was like yeah you know there's some problems but it was pretty damn solid and then i watched nxt and i liked it more and i ended up voting for nxt but AEW won because elio and uh and rick disagreed with me and voted for AEW, and the majority always wins this week though i feel good because let's go over the show man there was some good stuff First of all, uh, overall, did you enjoy the show tonight, Andy? Overall, yes. I, okay. I've got. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna cover this right now because it's there's a couple times through the show here. <laughs> I am so happy because it was so frustrating for me week in week out to <laughs> discuss the poor audio for mm-hmm. vignettes and promos and they seem to have got that all figured out yep. so you know i would crap on them when they got it wrong and now they seem to have it right so thank you aew for getting that fixed so much better well there was a lot of things i'm going to say overall in the production elio did you enjoy uh, this week's did you yep. think it was a good show overall okay enjoyed very much and i i, I can tell when i enjoy the show because it runs smoothly it doesn't feel like it's dragging yeah yeah, there was not a time where I was just like, oh, oh. Um, few things production-wise. How, how, how do you go? How do you go again? Uh, uh. <laughs> um, we can we can use that for some paid content, you know. If we. <laughs> the, the legend, the legend after hours. <laughs> go to my my fans only page where there's an hour of me sitting at the camera going. Uh, <laughs> I don't even do anything else. I just sit there and go. Uh. Anyhow, um, <laughs> please yes, please let's move on. Um, production values was great today. Oh, you know, sometimes there have been times where we watch AEW and it seems like a patchwork and some indie graphic stuff in there. Today it was a very smooth yeah. all around production. They uh, they had some cool camera angles. I don't know in the main event they showed you a replay of uh, Pack and. Um, uh, who's his partner there? Uh, Ray Phoenix uh, doing uh, like concert uh, flips. But then they did a, a replay where it was up above camera and gave a whole different perspective. I really enjoyed that. There was things like that that happened in the show that you usually don't see. Um, and the American fans, you, I think, might have had to suffer through this because I know JR mentioned it. But uh, the Canadian feed, we didn't have to sit through picture in picture once. Yes. TSN so just cut it out. <laughs> yeah, thank and I you. tell you, I would rather just watch some crappy commercial of Canadian Tire than those that little tiny box. Yeah. And I and it didn't occur to me until JR said, okay, we're going to go now to picture in picture. And we we're three quarters of the way in the show. And I'm like, hey, I didn't see any picture in picture. Yeah. And I appreciate that TSN. Uh, I think that garbage has got to stop. You know what? Uh, just let them working. do rest holds for the, the commercials. I'm cool with that. Uh, but overall, I thought great production. Andy, did you finally get a look at the opening credits of the show yet? I know a lot of us tend to skip them, but just because they were I, new, did you take a look at it yet? No, I, I yeah. Okay, try for next get, week. I was, I was getting myself kind of set up as I, yeah. as I turned the TV on, so. I'm curious, just for next week, take a look okay. and tell me, because the old ones, I hated all the blood and all the stuff. It was hard to produce that as a family thing when you're showing Cody bleeding like a river and blah, 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 and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. I like the newer intro a little better. All right, let's get right into the show. And um, we start off with a really interesting match of Adam Page, who I believe Annie thinks has the best gimmick ever in professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Hangman Adam Page and John Silver of the Dark Order. Uh, Andy, why don't we start with you? Uh, 
things things you you want to talk about in this match i enjoyed it i thought it was a solid opener mm-hmm. i thought both guys looked really good mm-hmm. uh you know is you guys know i'm a uh a john silver fan mm-hmm. a silverite uh, a silverite as of late <laughs> uh you know i did i think he was gonna win not likely but mm-hmm. it was a solid competitive match mm-hmm. uh they both got a lot of stuff in and you know in the end there was uh john silver didn't lose anything mm-hmm. by losing i thought it was a really good show by him uh, i enjoy his work i enjoy his facial expressions to me there's just a certain charisma there's just something about him that entertains me that, that kind of makes me kind of chuckle mm-hmm. i'm not sure it's just it's just that face i don't know but mm-hmm. uh you know and he's, he's got the i mean he, you know a little shorter in stature but whatever what, what he lacks for in, in height there he's he's got a good size good build uh he can move and it was just it was a good fun entertaining match and i think that kind of for me mm-hmm. was like okay this is off to a good you know we talk about like hey we're in a good mood because we, we felt like we watched a good show that was a good setup for the rest of the show because that put me in a good mood okay okay elio what do you think of this match so for me, uh, yeah, this was, uh, was a good, solid opener, and I just like the the whole match over, overall, the whole match and the ending. The Dark Order didn't even attack Adam Page. Instead, they like offered him a spot in the Dark Order. So that that was funny. <laughs> He's like, "You want yes. to talk about a cult?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the worst part too is basically the message there is you escaped a cult. You want to come join ours? Our cult is better. And it's funny because they're like, you know where to find us. We'll be here for you. Yeah. And and speaking about cults, guys. Um. Okay. Uh. Brody Lee. Does he still even run this thing? They never. I I can't believe even if he's injured. But I think he. I think I read. I think I read that he was injured or something. Yeah. Yeah, But even if you're injured, injured, why aren't they just at least? mentioning him dropping his name he's supposed to be their leader yeah uh you can if somebody's injured we've seen that in wrestling you can drop that dude's name for six months just to keep him alive in the fans minds you know well i i may i mean i don't know what the injury is but i mean look at you know you compare him to Britt baker and you know she mm-hmm. still made it to every show yeah yeah so um not sure what's going on there now this match uh Okay, guys, a couple of weeks ago, I'm, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, we had a thing where the question was, would could John Silver be pushed? You know, uh, could he be somebody in a thing? I was pretty negative at the time, but holy crap, this guy is growing on me every time I see him. And, and you're wondering what it is, Andy? I think it's this, is John Silver gives you the feeling like he's your buddy who's finally getting somewhere. Like He's, he's having friend. fun. Yeah, he's your good yeah. friend. Yes. They're finally like said, okay, you know, you sat on the bench forever. Okay, we'll let you in. And then you go out and you're having fun and people are loving you. You may yeah. not be hitting home runs, but you're getting on first and second base every they're, time. They're giving you know? him the ball and he's, you know, and he's yeah. going with it. Yeah. And he's got he's got this great personality with him. Um I, I love I thought it was extremely hilarious how he was talking about asking for this match with Adam Page. Adam Page is a really good looking guy, but blah blah blah. <laughs> going to like pound the fists and yeah. everything. And yeah. Um great match. Uh it was nice to see Paige no longer carrying around the stupid drink cup. Okay? Yeah. But my God, man, pick up your lip. I mean, <laughs> I, I said earlier, you know, we call it, we call the lone wolf. He's the lonely wolf. Okay. Yeah. He, he's, he, he acts like, man, Kenny just doesn't love me anymore. And I got <laughs> <laughs> nobody. 
Everybody knows I think Adam the Page sorrow. Is, I think Adam Page's lips should go in the book. His lips should go in the Okay, if he, next time we see him, is still doing the lip quiver, in the book, all right? One more week. We got to be careful about removing people's lips, guys, because I don't know if you knew this. The winter is coming. Anyhow. Yes. <laughs> well, they ran out of rock names to use. So they, okay, anyhow. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a good match. Uh, yes. Uh, in some ways, part of me was like, maybe I would have liked Paige getting a little more in. But man, uh, Silver, when he started doing all those like kicks to the face and stuff, it looked good. It yep. fit him really well. So uh, Silver loses nothing. Unfortunately, Adam Page doesn't gain all that much out of his win yeah. either. He's, in, in the all-important uh, win-loss tally, it, it's a win. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, the Dark Order thing coming out, we just joked about that, is pretty freaking ridiculous. Let's hope that that is not something they entertain because, I mean, you already have a bunch of nobodies. You want to be the one kind of name guy and a bunch of nobodies. And look, hey, look how great the Dark Order's done for Colt Cabana. He's a main of, oh, maybe not. All right. <laughs> You're still getting more TV time than a lot of other people, though. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Now, okay. I'm going to say, except for one promo, and I'll, you guys might be able to guess what promo it is. These promos tonight were solid on a lot of people. Tonight. Yeah. Uh, the promo with Kenny Omega was so good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he even swerved it at the end to, to throw in a whole different direction, which worked too. Okay. Yes. Uh, he talked about, you know what? I admit it. I lost. Okay. But let's have a gentleman's agreement. No garbage <laughs> wrestling. No yeah. tax, no blah, blah. Let's just do, you pin me or ch choke me out even if you have to. Let's have a real match. And, and that's kind of cool. Um, that shows the arrogance of him, but also kind of a more cooler commitment for him. You know what I mean? That, that's how I felt about it. And then to come back with the whole- The last line. Yeah. You know what? Your dad was kind of weak and I'm pretty sure my dad could kick the shit out of your dad. <laughs> that was awesome. pretty, That was so awesome. good. Very yeah. good. Um, then, uh, okay, Powerhouse Hobbs. Just all of a sudden now he's Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, he's got to do work. something with his face. That dude has got to do something with his face. He's got this <laughs> weird kind of cartoon Frankenstein look. Uh, you missed something. Let's back up. Oh, the Darby Allen thing? No. Yes. No. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, that was half. Yeah. I really just hate these things. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're just so bad. Yes. I have uh, I, I have written in my notes what was the point of these. Uh, it was fun when he was when before he was the champion because it shows like that he'll do like whatever he asks you to win. But mm -hmm. now now he just will now, now he's just any property that he finds. Yeah. Now these are just pointless. <laughs> he's yeah. a pyromaniac. I don't yeah. know. He's an yeah. arsonist, a pyromaniac. He's got deep problems that can only resolve <laughs> for burning shit. Like I, I'm yeah. And this it, is the face of TNT. <laughs> TNT, do you know who your face is? Are you sure this is not the butthole of TNT? Anyways. Yeah, uh, I, I I just wanted us to go back because yeah. that's I had Darby Allen video, WTF. Yeah. Yeah. And but here's the sad part is uh he spent all the time with all these other videos hurting himself for stupid reasons. And now he's graduated to videos that are just art crap. This is the kind of stuff where you're like uh, you're in the first year of university in film class and me and Andy go out and shoot a weekend project. And this is what we hand in. Yeah. Where the, everyone's like, wow, nice colors. Yeah. Is that just, what we're looking just at? Just a waste. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. Uh, let's get back to Powerhouse back to Hobbs. Hobbs. Yeah. <laughs> and Lee Johnson. Yeah. Now, you needed this. He needed a squash yeah. match. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. They, they, you got to work on that smirk, man. It takes away any kind of impact that I think it has on He comes out with this kind of weird overbite yeah. thing. And it really reminds me of when they show you the cartoon Frankensteins just before yeah. Halloween, you know, he was, you know, yeah. and, uh, that, that being said, uh, let's, okay. Anyone, I mean, it was a squash match. Do we need to talk about this match? No, I just, I'll, uh, I'll echo. Yeah. It was a squash. It was what was needed. Uh, the powerhouse Hobbs, you know what? I'm cool with it just because okay. two reasons, uh, will Hobbs, meh. You know, and for for everything that WWE does with like dropping people's first names and stuff, I mean, mm. they could have just called him Hobbs. Yeah, but I mean, at least he's a big, thick kid. So to be powerhouse, mm -hmm. that's cool. Um, and you got Jr. Probably has been messing it up too because he keeps calling him Willie Hobbs, and it's just like yeah. makes him seem like a good old boy now. Fair enough. So there's that. Uh, now I don't know a lot about him, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get a guess yeah. that he's relatively inexperienced. Yes, he's. Well, what did we say? He had like four or five years of experience, I think. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm gonna say still at least to this level. Yeah. Uh, to this level, in, he's brand new. Yeah. So so work in progress, and mm -hmm. yeah, the facial expressions, I, and I, that'll I, I'd like to think hopefully that'll come in time. So being around guys like Taz, I mean everybody in there, but you know if he's working closely with Taz, he's mm -hmm. gonna be working a little bit closer with Cody, uh, Dustin. Hopefully that's stuff. Like I'm, you know, I'd like to give this kid a chance to say, okay, like mm -hmm. yeah, there's some stuff that needs work, but. Mm -hmm. He's, he debuted in 2009. 2009. So he's got 10 years experience. But he's probably a weekend warrior too. So let's he was, say. He was, he's basically spent more mostly on the independent circuits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All independent circuits. Yeah. Okay. Regardless, um, I, I'd like to. I like, I'm hoping that uh, for, for where they've got him is that he can, you know, he'll be able to improve, like I said, those facial expressions, the looks, the way he carries himself. Yeah. And let's just hope to God that nobody goes, hey, Brian Cage is going to teach you how to do promos. No, that one. <laughs> um, then we get into this. And sometimes, oh, man, sometimes the meta stuff doesn't work for me. And this whole um, Taz coming out with the FTW belt sends Hobbs, basically kind of dismisses Hobbs like he's a kid, yeah. sends him to the back, and then cuts this horrible bullshit promo about his crappy belt which if you guys check the history of that belt, I believe only three people have even held it ever, you know, and he's talking about the great, strong, powerful, one of which was him for a long time. So he's basically saying the belt that I had made, why isn't anyone recognizing my useless crap belt? It sucks. Because so, I would. Who, off, the top, off the top, you know, is it like him? Would it have been like him, Sabu, and somebody else? I think it was him, Sabu, and I think RVD. I think. I could be corrected on that, but it was only two or three people who ever had it. I mean, they built it up, built it up, and then he yeah. lost to somebody. And I think he had one mother time. But the, here's the thing, though. It's not a belt. It's the same bullshit as uh, the guy in Impact running around with the old uh, TNA belt. Well, well no, know? no. It, like it is a belt, but that's all it is. Yeah, no, like because like Moose is running around with a belt he never won uh, from a company that's dead now and trying to trying to make defenses with it. And then to call out, he decides to hijack the show. And isn't it odd that that uh, Cody's the guy who comes out? I found that very odd. Yeah. That, you know. And okay, how come 
we can have two girls going at it last week and 28 wrestlers come out to separate it up. You tell me you can't send out security guards or anyone to stop Taz from doing this? I mean, he's only 5'1". I mean, what's he going to do, bite your ankle? I mean, um, I, I just, I did not like this. I thought it was just dumb. Like, enough with the FTW bell crap. It didn't even work for the one night they brought it in. And don't flog us with this crap. It's garbage, okay? Didn't enjoy it. I liked it even less because that means now Cody is stuck with Darby Allen to go up against Team Taz. Can I, can I interject for a minute just for some yes, fun please, FTW please facts? Yes. Uh, there, there has only been a grand total of three champions, three different champions. It was three, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, so it was Taz, Sabu, yes. and uh-huh. Brian Cage. Yep. Ah, so it was only two. Taz had two reigns. Yeah. And when he lost it to Sabu, he intentionally lost it. So he had beat up Sabu, pulled Sabu on top of him to pin him because he was going to be getting a title match against Shane Douglas. Against Shane Douglas. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah. And so he he pulled an unconscious Sabu over himself, confident that he would defeat Shane Douglas in an upcoming bout, and thus no longer needing the FTW Heavyweight Championship. So yeah, there was even just one. So yeah, such a joke belt. Come on, do any of you guys think that this needed to be done? This even segment, like, it doesn't. It, I can't see this enriching anybody here except Taz's ego. And the original belt was orange. Yeah. Oh God, it was orange. <laughs> well, if if anything, I mean, it's it's to kind of I think to to move things a little bit with uh, Cody, and uh, if it's if it's something where it's like legit going to bring out his kid, then that would kind of be a way of introducing him. But beyond that, I don't know. Well, and just think of the placement when they brought this belt in. They gave it to Brian Cage before his title match i mean it could have even this might have tiny bit worked if brian cage had a shot with moxley lost and then you give him this belt and then you know you it's kind of that snide way of saying i lost but i got something out of it but taz gave it to him before the match yeah oh and it just downplayed any and and there's just that's one of the weird things and i want to get into another weird thing coming up that i need questioned in my mind uh so yeah not a fan of this were any of you guys a fan of this Taz shit today nope nope didn't think so it was it was and what a credible waste of time i mean this went on for 10 minutes it was not cool not cool okay um oh and then taz jumps cody (laughs) (laughs) taz jumps cody let that resonate in your minds guys well it was from behind (laughs) <laughs> and Cody was giving the signal to like cut the segment, mm-hmm. so you know he had to jump from from behind because he had to prolong the segment. Okay, okay. Let, let's move on to a, a match that I thought. Oh wait a sec. Uh, we, another promo. Yeah, we got the promo, and this was an okay promo. It wasn't yep. great, but it was okay. Uh, we have Eddie Kingston uh, talking about the Death Triangle, doing all this stuff, and then I found this interesting. At least at this part, Mox comes in, gets in his face. <laughs> And he basically just says, you know, you, you know, know it wasn't me. This. Yeah, you know it wasn't he walks me. away. And then he did, did you catch what he said when he was walking away by himself? About the feng shui? Yes. You yeah. missed my feng shui. That was awesome. <laughs> so there's some good writing in these promos tonight and delivered convincingly. I like Mox looking here. He looked, yeah. he looked cool here. Uh, then we get this ridiculous, I didn't even know. 
Brick Baker has a show? Is I, I didn't understand where this claim from. I, they came. Did that, did that come? Is, is that on Dark? Maybe. I don't know. They just said because it says here in the that it was a re. Okay, they said on the show we're going to Brit for a clip from Brit Baker's show, but I don't think she has a show on AEW Dark, and I don't think she has a show on AEW because we never saw this before. But a bit, it was just a pre-tape, and they just kind of tried to sell it as if she has her own show. I assumed it was a Dark thing. Yeah, I don't think it is, but maybe. I don't know. We'll have to go. Who watches Dark? Who's got 18 hours to put into a, a television show? Um, <laughs> that's the joke about how long that shit goes on. But um, And who wants to watch more than two hours of squash matches? I mean, okay. Um, so then we get this little thing with the Hybrid 2 coming out with probably one of the most ineffectual... <laughs> Uh, hype up things because I they sure didn't come out as very menacing or tough or anything in that part and I, I started to have my doubts about this match coming out especially when I find out it's going to be uh, it's going to be the hybrid two uh, going up against top flight and I'm like okay these young kids they only had one match last week and one match on dark okay and and I was pleasantly surprised at how good this match actually went off and as I'm watching it, uh, the things I noticed were um, the one, uh, I, I, I don't know which one's Darius and which one's Dante, but the one with the lighter complexion, that dude can really jump vertically very high. He, he jumps into the ring without grabbing the rope and swinging. He literally jumps, jumps over the top, the top over him. Uh, there was many times in the match where he'd leap straight up over somebody and it's like, holy crap, that dude can jump. That, that's impressive. Uh, I want to throw a big props to Angelico here, or Angelico, or however you want to pronounce him. Uh, he kept Jack Evans in a good check. You know, Jack Evans tends to like to run off and do all kinds of crazy young buck kind of crap that makes you uh, not really care after a while. It just becomes like, you know, ballet or something in the ring. Uh, Angelico held him down enough and worked with him enough. And top flight, man, I'm going to give them credit. I thought after last week's match, they had a great debut. Could they follow this up? I think these two young guys, they obviously have been wrestling together a long time because they showed to me that they sold well. They made things make sense. Even when, and even when H, you know, the hybrid two was doing weird crap, they sold it and made it believable where I think a lot of people even failed to do that with the hybrid two. So props on them. I really enjoyed this. And at the end, once again, what the hell are the young bucks? Are they good guys now? Cause they ran out to protect. Yes, these guys. they are. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Andy. What do you think of this match? Uh, I'm not going to add too much to it. Uh, overall, I mean, you know, because it's kind of like we'll say like that kind of young buck style match. Not exactly my favorite thing, but uh, I enjoyed it enough. Uh, I was a little surprised that uh, Hybrid got the win. I thought coming after their performance last week with the Young Bucks, uh, you know, and this would be their second week in a row, I thought that they would get the top flight would get the win. They didn't. So, but I did write down though that I would like to see a rematch. So, just a fact. On that, dark or an AEW? No, no, on dynamite. Okay. Yeah, I like, give these guys give these guys another give these guys another shot, another shot, another chance to shine, and uh, you know if they can pull off another. See, what I wouldn't, what I think could have again. Now I'm going into fantasy booker mode. Um, I under I completely understand why they worked the young bucks and obviously the whole thing about you know them reaching out and that whole little story. So that was cool. I appreciated that. My only thing is is I wish they would have done that two weeks ago, 
and that say we had this match on Dynamite uh, last week, and then have Hybrid go over, have these guys go over this week, and then next week for the the winter is coming, because it's sort. Of, I mean, it's not a pay per view, but it's you know to me it's a big thing. It's it's sort of a big thing, and, I, and I'll touch a bit more on that later. But I think that would have been a, a good spot for them to have a rubber match. Okay, so. what did you think, Elio? I thought this was a fun match. I wrote down that uh, last week uh, Top Flight had a great debut against Young Bucks, and this week was another great outing for them. Yeah. Now, we've seen them in uh, the Young Bucks. We've seen them with Hybrid. Do you guys, though, think Top Flight's legit? I mean, are they only going to look good with these kind of teams? Are they a legitimate team that can actually have some good matches with other teams? How are you feeling about that, Andy? Uh, a little early to tell because – yeah, it's a valid point. Like so far, the the two times we've seen them, it's that similar high flying, fast paced style. So to have them up against, you know, a host or basically any other team that's in AEW that's not like that, mm-hmm. remains to be seen. But at least right now, for for what they're doing and what they've shown, uh, I'm open to seeing more from them. Like I'm, I'm like like I said, like I I would be totally up for a rematch with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they were gonna go off against another team next week or in two weeks, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what they'll do. See, they, I, they've I, piqued my interest. And I think the reason, and that would probably caught your eye too, is they made the match make sense. I mean, these yep. guys have been trained really well to sell and to make things out of things like. They didn't go the Young Buck route where they took like 28 drop kicks and then still come running in and stuff. They sold. They reacted to the things that happened to them. They fought back and did the things. Yep. That gives me some hope that, you know what? I would like now to see them to fight an FTR style match or, you know, a slower down pace match, you know, SCU or somebody, you know, somebody who'll give them some wrestling to see how they react to that. So, I'd, yeah, I'm even, even a team like, you know, like a bigger team like Butcher and the Blade. Mm, to see yeah. kind of like a, bit of like a ground and pound, like for those guys to pound them down, and then you know more of the underdog style. I'd be curious to see that. And who I don't want to see them fight is Private Party. Yeah, I think that would be a step down. Um, the only last thing I'm going to say about this match is: Do you notice if you took Chris Saban and stretched him a foot longer, he'd look like Angelico? <laughs> <laughs> Are they the same dude? All right, uh, Elliot, what did you think of all these guys? You did you? Well, I guess we did. We covered you. Sorry, I went back and yeah. circled around again. Yeah. All right, let's go on to the next you match. Get into then. his word count. Take it easy. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm a dick here. Uh, okay, finally, the one promo that did not work for me. Okay. Uh, Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. I felt that this was uh, a piss poor explanation of why they're mad at Brandy, uh, a ridiculousness. I just didn't, it just didn't work for me, especially her, uh, Guerrero's delivery here was terrible, terrible, not terrible in the good way she would be sometimes, it was terrible, and Nyla Rose is her lapdog now all of a sudden behind her, just like, yeah, Um, and I thought they they were arguing last time uh, we saw them, yeah, they just dropped that, That, where did that go, Vicky was was slapping Nyla Rose, (laughs) yeah, and now now they've hooked up with that horrible, Car- was there any Cargill? I, ugh. Jo- 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 Jade Cargill? Jade, yeah. Yeah. I, I cannot see anything good coming out of this. Um, Brandy, you're awesome looking. Maybe you should just be a manager. We don't need... I mean, we've seen the Nightmare Collective. We've seen the things you tried to do. Maybe it's not really your repartee to, to get involved in this kind of stuff. 
you know, just just not I'm not doing it for me at all. I just can't see a way out of it that's going to look good. Um, next, then, uh, I'm always hard on FTR because I'm not the biggest fan of them. But man, that was a smoking good promo from a tag team and their manager tonight. Really enjoyed that. Andy, what did you think of that thing? Uh, you know what? I At that point, I don't remember what I was doing, but I didn't make any notes on it. So I think I was only half-assed paying attention. So unfortunately, I, I'm not going to comment, but it saddens me because of the fact that you're talking highly of it. It disappoints me that I did not give it my full attention. I'd say go back and take a look because it, it was a really cool, I don't know. I've always been hard on these guys because it seems like they talk way more than they deliver. Right. And today they admitted to losing. They admitted to failing and they admitted to trying something else. And I really also, for the once, Tully Blanchard seemed like a manager, not like some dude who hangs out with them, some old dude they, you know, right. he's not Arn Anderson with a different <laughs> yeah. look. So I liked it. I, I would say, Ad, if you get a chance, go back, look at that and tell me what you think sometime. What all do you I think have, of it? All, all I have is uh, it was a great promo and another promo without any audio issues. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank God for no more audio issues. That was driving me as the same as Andy was going with it after a while. Um, so next we go up to uh, SCU versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Uh, I, Jerry Hag. Jerry, Jerry Hag. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if it's a good idea to mention that Chris Jericho and uh, Christopher Daniels have 58 years combined. <laughs> <That's> crazy. <laughs> wow. Uh, you're the young person show. That might not have been a good way to go. I'm just saying. Um, good match. I mean, SCU always delivers. Even yeah. if they don't win, even if it's not super spectacular, they're solid. Um, my notes in here is, finally, somebody woke up Jake Hager and told him he was wrestling again. Because <laughs> <laughs> he actually did stuff in this match. He was yeah. actually effective and looked like a monster. He did a lot of cool stuff in it. Um it was weird that all of a sudden the inner circle gone back to their old let's ambush everyone ways when they were they were kind of laying off that for a while, but now they're all back in full heel mode. Yeah. Uh, where's Wardlow? I he thought was he was part of this crew. Yeah. Was he? he was so quiet I didn't even notice him. I was actually... Nope. Um, ending I didn't like. Um, and only because of the promo afterwards with Chris Jericho. When we get to that, I'll, I'll talk about that. But uh, um, and, and Christopher Daniels. Man, it's like he had to stop, slow down, and then do his BME. I was like, oh, okay. Getting, uh, I don't know what to say. Because no. it took it right out of it for me. And usually you don't see that from him. He's usually one of the yeah, yeah. smoothest dudes in the ring. Uh, what did you think, Andy? Uh, overall, I didn't have a lot of notes to it. I just It was it was a good match, a fun match. Uh, you know, familiar with all the guys that are in there. Uh, and it, you know what? And maybe just because it's I've been around and I'm a little bit of an older guy that uh, – to me, it was cool to hear that this was the first time Christopher Daniels and Chris Jericho have been in his, you know, shared a ring and, and the, the 50 plus years. I was okay with that because that's, regardless, that's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, I was okay with the finish. Uh, I think the right team won. Mm -hmm. And yeah, good stuff. You got to feel bad for uh, uh, SCU. It's like, maybe they should have stayed in Ring of Honor because they're just jobber dudes, to be honest. They're, they're butchering the blade most weeks. You know, they're in there. You know, they're taking the pin. Yeah. Uh, Elio. Yeah, I was fine. I was fine with this match. This was good. Um, the ending uh, with the MGF using the diamond ring uh, 
to like help Inner Circle get the win. Mm-hmm. And then like everyone's all of a sudden his uh, new best friend, like paying yeah. him on the back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, that's the thing as I had a problem with is once again, they're dragging this out so much, you know, all of a sudden now Chris Jericho is so mad that Frankie Kazarian punched uh, MJF after the match, right? Meanwhile, MJF, like he, he's, he's trying to defend his inner circle brother, right? But how come he never defended Sammy Guevara when uh, all the times he was taking abuse, for, you know, obvious abuse? Like, it just is such a weird dichotomy. It just, stuff like this is like, for me as a writer, it takes away the, the narrative too much. Like, how do you go from there to there? It's it just, I want a yeah. consistency, you know, yeah. and it's not there. And it makes you doubt the story. It becomes a weaker story. And I, did, I didn't like that part of it, okay? It just the, the, too much, too much anger, too much driven for the guy you've been semi-feuding before you, you know? Yeah. I, I just did you do a song and dance with? Yeah, there we go, eh? Um, and then uh, let's get into uh, the worst segment of the night, Okay. So many logic problems, so many, such a bad execution. Uh, we have Kip Sabian and Muro. They're going to go to their new segment, the video game extravaganza. I'm going, no, no, why, why? They, yeah, cut, yeah. they cut to it. And before they can start, Orange Cassidy walks in, turns off the monitor and walks out, which I didn't understand. Maybe I missed something there, but all of a sudden Muro's like, my wife gave me that. Your wife would be mad you turned off the monitor. I, I'm, did I miss yeah. something um, so he goes out, and then, which had to be the most the weakest? pathetic, weakest-looking ambush, fake fight in the back that you've ever seen. Um, and I don't get it. Uh, you're so mad at the best friend, or no, sorry, the best friends are so mad at, what do they call themselves? The best men? I don't know. So mad at these two video idiots, right? That they bring uh, orange, they're going to jump these guys and beat the hell out of them. But Orange Cassidy is just going to stand there and lean against and watch them. I'm sorry. If I was that mad, I'd be like, Orange, get in here and kick that guy's face too. Okay. And did you, you guys saw how bad it was. It was so executed badly. Everything that happened in this, including which was funny, but just over the top, stupid. Myro looking in the camera saying, that was my way. Don't knock my favorite moment of that segment. It's like the guilty. I liked it. Moment. Actually, actually yes. I liked it. I, I didn't segment mind it. Or just, or just Miro doing that? Oh, just Miro doing that. Yeah, this yeah, segment yeah. was garbage. Hot yeah. garbage. Did nothing for the best friends. They looked terrible. Uh, Kip Saban looks like a guy you can toss into a, a porta potty, I guess. And just, I guess Miro just having a good laugh, but nah. Yeah. Come on, Andy. What did you see when you saw this? This. Uh, I wrote down, I called it the video game backlot brawl. I think using the word brawl is a misnomer here of brawl, but okay. Uh, I just, you know, because they always had the backlot brawls and all that, so I just kind of, uh, yeah, there was very, to me, the best thing, like I said, the best thing out of that entire segment was Miro getting out of the cap, getting in front of the camera. Get out of my way! I legit popped for that. Uh, yeah, it just looked weak. It looked bad. Uh, you know, I've kind of used this joke before, but Orange Cassidy turning off the video game you know, to me, and the guy's getting upset. That's the equivalent of like, you sunk my battleship. <laughs> like, like, really? This is what we're getting upset over? Yeah. My wife paid for that. <laughs> I, 
I, you know, for, for so many of these episodes, there's there's two things that I would often kind of preface, or you know, I always kind of joke with Darby Allen. I'm like, I'm not the target demographic. With this video game stuff, I'm not the target demographic. But I would have to think that even the target demographic at this point would be like, dude, this is weak. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it, and it frustrates me to sorry, I was just say it mm -hmm. frustrates me to no envy, and I mean, and I'll pretty much say this after any time we have a segment like this. I love Miro. I, to me, there like, there's the, so much potential, and you know, if he's injured, fine. But uh, you know, I, like I said, these guys seem to have some sort of uh, some amount of creative control in what they get to do. So I, I, I don't under, I just don't get it. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I said earlier, comedy doesn't draw. No, and this is to me is comedy, and it's it's, ugh, it's it's a waste. I think if you're on a national television program and you're going to do some kind of brawl like this, right? Fucking make it look real. Yeah. Even if you're doing some goofy, funny shit in it, make yeah. it look like you're really hitting guys and really doing stuff. These guys were just like a. This was a best friends hugathon. Everyone was hugging each other and not it was it was just not good it's just, this is falls into the category andy of the embarrassing shit you don't want to explain to your friends yeah. that's on tv at the moment and you know what like even to this video game thing like turn the console off and this i'm going to i'm going to offer this to you as mm -hmm. something that still it, i mean it, you know you're it's not to say it improves the situation yeah i mean they're there talking about their video game segment and it's like the video game is there. They, he turns off the console. Okay, like turn it back on. If they would have been playing, if they would, if you know, if the cameras would have cut on and they're playing, and it's like, like yeah, like hey, like I'm gonna get the high score. Like this is the highest score ever. I'm gonna, or we're gonna finish the game, something like that. And they come in and turn it off. Yeah, that's that. I mean, I would still be grumbling about like, really, you guys are talking, about, but at least you know, even if you're not a gamer, mm -hmm. you can. Relate, relate or at some point yeah at some point you can again there's a connection oh my gosh you know he was like 10 points away from the highest score or oh my gosh he was just like literally just about to like one button push away from finishing the game and someone goes and turns the game off holy crap that i can understand even as someone that used to play video games when i was younger mm -hmm. i understand you're upset hey guys we got this uh, new video game segment someone comes in turns off the video game Okay, cut. Some guy was being a jerk. Let's just try that one again. Turn the game back on. Let's do another take. Are you forgetting his wife paid for that? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't still didn't understand what he was mad about. She paid for. I I I think it was supposed to be funny. Okay. But you know what I mean? It's like like that's that was my guess. But that that's to me the. It's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, but to me, like the level of if you're gonna do junk like this, at least give it. A little more meat where like i said okay it's almost like if you know your little brother you're like you're setting up your camera because you're gonna do uh okay hey this is our youtube channel we're gonna do this you know new game and then the little brother comes along pushes the you know console turns it off runs off ha 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 ha, ha stinky face or something and you're like oh dude you're ruining our you know you're ruining our show okay like stop the camera we're gonna start this or we're gonna do it again you go it's no big deal mm-hmm you know, you're yeah, finishing the game. You're at a high score. All right. I mean, this is still a dumb 
it's still a dumb thing, but at least you can relate. And there's some emotional context of like, Oh, we got to start mm -hmm. from the beginning. Yeah, no. And yeah, <laughs> it's sort of funny to, uh, this whole thing is just, I, I just can't take it. Like what a waste of a great talent. Yeah. You know, that's as far as I can say with that. Now this part next, um, at first I thought it was cool, but then it really bothers me. And there's just something missing in the story. And maybe you guys can help me understand what I'm feeling wrong about this, okay? So we have uh, Kenny Mega doing his over the top entrance. Uh, he, he has the girls dancing around with the brooms. They're saying the ridiculous intros. You see him standing there and then you see a shadow come over him and John Moxley starts beating the crap out of him, throws him in the ring, knocks him almost out. Then cuts a really cool promo. The only problem I have with this, this is one week before his title defense with this guy, and he's just decimated the dude who now, in my mind, has told me that, well, he doesn't really have a chance because a mad mox will beat the crap out of you one-on-one. -on -one. They were standing there. Kenny did no, he didn't fight back. He took a beating, went down hard. One week before their thing, and he didn't retaliate anyway. I would have loved it had he had some friends of his jump mocks later in the show or some kind of thing. But for me, it took the air out of this main event a little bit. If I'm the casual fan who don't know the potential of what these guys do, I've just seen the so-called number one contender who's been acting like a dick just get laid out by the champion the week before their match. I just think that was a wrong way to present this or a wrong time. Maybe I'm wrong. Andy, what did you think? Uh, as a Canadian, I'm politely going to disagree with you. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Please explain, because right. I would like for this to make sense to me. No, I to me, I saw it. Uh, I loved it. I loved the jump. I love seeing just the, you know, the, the silhouette, the shadows. Uh, to me, this was tit for tat. And, uh, you know, it... it you know, unless there's some little swerve that I, I wouldn't necessarily put it, you know, past them to do, uh, you know, it's okay. Kenny Omega was one that jumped him last week and did everything like you said, you know, basically knocked him out. He couldn't fight back. He was done. So this week it was just a retaliation. So now, you know, it's, it's tit for tat. Now we go into next week as our rubber match. Um, I had another point that just as you were talking made me think of something else. Um, I may have to come back to it, but no, I, I was perfectly fine. Oh, I know what I was going to say. The only other thing with this is to me, this is, I would have had this for the last segment of the show. This is how yeah. I would end okay. the show. Okay. Because, you know, we, we kind of touched on it at the beginning, uh, you know, where we said this was an important show, uh, next week, you know, it's not a pay-per-view, but you know, it's, it's the way they're putting it you know the winter is coming right. it's whether it's like for like a winter season or whatever that it's a big show so to me i kind of saw this as a bit of a a go home show mm -hmm. for next week yep. and you know the last time we had a go home show it was a go nowhere show yeah and that's this was better little, it was this this was a better all-around show but it, it no, wasn't anything. <laughs> yeah. But nothing that, you know, there wasn't much there that's going into next week's show. This is where, okay. to me, the placement of this segment at the end of the thing would have been like, okay, well, you know, now we've seen, you know, last week, Mox got knocked out. This week, uh, Kenny got knocked out. Well, mm -hmm. what's going to happen now? So well, that's why, that's why I'm okay with this. The reason, the main reason I'm not okay with this 
is this would make sense if they were going into a very highly dangerous match now. Now, because they've escalated it. Uh, but Kenny's made it very clear that it's time for a wrestling match. <laughs> so now I'm supposed to expect these guys who jumped each other, did this crap, laid each other out. Now they're going to just have a solid wrestling match. That's what the problem I had with this is. Uh, you can escalate it by playing on the fact of, uh, oh, you can't do a straight up match mocks. You only do dangerous matches and stuff like that. But yeah. the whole setup here, having knocked out Kenny just a week before, maybe if they did this a week last week, yeah, yeah. I would have liked this because then it would have time to develop the story. But now it's a really strange dichotomy here to think that they're going to go in and have a catch as catch can wrestling straight up match after all this bullshit they pull for each other detracts from the things they've done. That's why I had a problem with it. Yeah, well, that's uh, fair. And I wouldn't have had a problem had it been reversed if Kenny had just laid him out and then they went into the match because then you have the champ rebuilding his stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, and I guess that's just it. It was just the thing is I don't now, if I'm the casual viewer, I don't think Kenny Omega has a chance. You know, he pissed off the champ. He had to jump the champ from behind somewhere who nobody champ didn't even know who it was. Now the champ just came up and slapped the spit out of his mouth and beat him with it. So it doesn't say much for the challenger. That's the problem I had with this. I just think that was not good story writing to do it that way. Fair enough. Um, all right, so uh, let's move on to, okay, holy smokes. This, I think I really, well, we, we had the inner circle. We already kind of went over that with MJF and the yeah. challenge out. This, guys, finally, oh my goodness. They did a little package uh, of Hikiro Shida and Anna Jay. And this is the first time that Hikiro Shida had so much personality and seemed like a person that you're like, man, she's kind of cool. Yeah, Mostly yeah. they just have her like, can she speak English? You know, this was really well done. Well, this was as good as a WWE package. So kudos, man. Like I said, they really went all out on the production here. Um, we start this match. Uh, Sheeta against Anna Jay. Uh, I don't think there was ever really a time you really thought maybe Anna Jay was really yeah. going to do this. Um, interesting storyline with the uh, demands the chair from uh, Teo Conti. Taya starts to reluctantly do it, but she doesn't want to do it and pulls it back. And as the referee's arguing, John Silver runs over with a candlestick. Anna Jay just takes it, cracks Sheeta with it, almost takes the win. Where There's obviously some, I think the more important story here really that they're pushing is Anna Jay and uh, and Conti somewhere down. Yeah. The yeah. best friends yeah. things. Yeah. That's yeah. obviously yeah. where that's going. Um, uh, I thought Sheeta, once again, she just looks so good and dominant in this. Uh, but then, <laughs> as much as it was cool to have uh, Abaddon come out, um, what happened to Sheeta? She was so scared she fell over from a girl <laughs> dressed in makeup, spitting yes. fake blood on the thing. She was, was a little much. <laughs> she was surprised. Andy, she dropped her belt and fell over. <laughs> she was surprised. Didn't expect it. It was much. Maybe in Japan, Abaddon is some kind of demon-looking thing, I guess. I don't know. But uh, I thought that was just kind of... I chuckled. I was just like, oh, brother. <laughs> I get it. Abaddon was going to make a cool entrance anyway she came in. Yeah. Um, as she was coming in, I stopped it and said to my wife, I want you to take a look at this as a casual fan and tell me what you think of this person. Abaddon crawls in, spits blood all over. My wife's like, that's fucking gross. What's this gross-looking <laughs> chick doing on the thing? Um <laughs> The thing about Abaddon, and we've talked about this, me and Elio in the past, is all through wrestling history, they've always made, like, like, if you weren't a big girl, 
if you were not a big girl and you were yeah. um, the monster type, like you did the makeup and things, if you notice, they'd always accentuate your boobs or your butt. Yeah. They'd always sexualize you anyways. You were a monster, but it was a sexy monster. <laughs> Abaddon is nothing sexual about her. She yeah. literally looks like some scary ass zombie demon for real. Like, like she came out of like the Ring trilogy or something. Yeah, it's like nobody turns on The Walking Dead and says, whoa, look at that zombie with the big breasts. That doesn't happen. You just see zombies. They scare the hell yeah. out of you. Abaddon, it amazes me that they haven't sexualized her. Because they've done that with just about every wrestling company does that with every single yeah. chick like this. So in that sense alone, I find the character interesting. You know, I don't, we've talked about how we don't necessarily need sexualization in women's wrestling. There's some great women wrestlers. So it excites me that Abaddon is, is doing this without having to take the sexual route. I mean, I say that now and who knows next week she shows up in a, like a, you know, just a bra Elvira, and panties or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, obviously, this is the. Where, did they announce was it going to be next week, Sheeta and uh, Abaddon, or did they not say anything? Because it seems like Tony oh, Khan just jumps on answering, like, matching up people like the next yeah. week. Um, I would think so, probably because uh, Sheeta should probably defend her belt because there's a rumor that winter is coming. All right. Anyway, <laughs> every time I Andy, hear that, I I, yeah. I think I like I want to think like, please let them have some sort of soldier there just so they can be the winter soldier. Oh, you're mixing in another movie into this. I just keep th seeing the stupid ass uh, Game of Thrones crap, you know, because that's the Starks were always that was their uh, family crest. Uh, yeah, see, I never watched. I never watched Game of Thrones. Okay, you never watched Game of Thrones. What this is all Andy's a ripoff is the one family. Each family had crests, and yeah. all the time the fam the Stark family would always say, "Winter is coming." What they meant, not in their world, winter came every eighty years, and it would last like years. Okay. Years. And so when it came, it was like a lot of people would die because it was a harsh, harsh winter. Uh, so they were the, the guys, all their family was always preparing, you know, winter gotcha. is coming. So th yeah, th I mean, I, I never, to me, it was just, okay, well, you know, for, for us in Canada, well, it must have winter, been worse for you. Winter, if you, you know, didn't winter know that earlier, I just thought, okay, yeah. well, this is, you know, like the fall winter. Like, and officially yeah. winter doesn't start until December 21st. Right. Right. So winter is coming, I guess. But I was just like, yeah. But every time I hear winter is coming, I'm like, is there going to be like a winter soldier? Like, <laughs> I just, when you said you hadn't seen it, it just occurred to me, how many people are not Game of Thrones fans? And they're like, yeah. okay, winter's coming. And then what's next? The spring fling and then the, <laughs> yeah. the summer well, spring dance. Break. And the spring, <laughs> spring break, <laughs> summer slam, <laughs> all brawl. Well, those are WWE. we got to come up with our own. It'd be like the, the, That's the autumn. I don't know. Anyways. The autumn got em. The autumn got him. Oh my lord, I love it. The autumn got him. I'm gonna get a t-shirt made like that. That's incredible. That's going for sale. On, no, please don't. <laughs> um, okay. Once again, Ricky Starks proves that. Uh, I'm skipping Matt Hardy because it's Matt Hardy. Who gives well, a you know what though? The only thing with that though is that to me felt like a hint of a Matt Hardy heel turn. Mm. And we care at all anymore. I I'm just saying for the way the delivery yeah. of it. Yeah. Because at one point he said something like, because he's talking about like all the hardships he had to go through. And he, and there was some line in there. He said like, you know, like all your mundane problems or something like it was, yeah. it was like talking down. And I was like, huh. I said, and and he, he never once mentioned the broken gimmick. He said, yeah. I believe he called himself the icon Matt Hardy. Yeah. Well, but that's the problem is dude changes personality so much that it just doesn't hold anything for me anymore. I was excited when he came in here. Now he's just another, well, 
whatever. <laughs> See, and, uh, and uh, to me, I'll give a little more on that just because because he has done so much stuff. So yeah, it, it's you know there's there's a lot there, but I'm to his credit for you know his creativity for what he does. I'm kind of curious to see what happens here. So fair I mean, enough, fair not enough. to not to add much to it, but it's just it was one of those things where you know like the like if you you know like if if you were me like at other parts of the show where you're kind of half-assed paying attention to the promo, you might not have caught it. You just might have just been like, oh, I was like a Matt Hardy promo, but it was like like I said, the way he just he kind of said, it, I'm like, huh, that just that's totally what I did, dude. I saw it was Matt yeah. Hardy and I just skipped it. Yeah. yeah, so all good. Now, um, Ricky finally, Starks, Ricky Tabs. starts explaining how. You don't really need Taz because this guy is a way better promo than Taz is. Um, he's crossed. Cody has crossed the line. Okay. Uh, Taz took over a nationwide show to put his crappy belt. Taz made an honest, or Cody made an honest remark that, hey, I'm training your son and you're not. Ooh, Cody's the villain. and <laughs> Whatever, you idiots. It's just another lame-ass reason to get these guys matching against each other. Um, I, I Did we even need to see any of this kind of junk setting up? I, I don't think so. They could have just wrestled because, I don't know, one of them has a belt. <laughs> a real belt. Uh, and, by God, Brian Cage. I keep thinking, you should talk. And then I hear you talking like, you should not talk. That, that was sad. Yeah, I, I, I feel bad for him. Um, this, this guy... The other thing that, that gets me, and we, we've kind of touched on this in the past, but I mean, you know, like Brian Cage and, and Powerhouse Hobbs are two big, thick dudes. But even the way that was set up, and with Ricky Starks, they all looked like they were about the same height, the same size. And that was not actually, good pacing. No, and it made, to me, it made those two guys in the back, made them look smaller. You know, and I was just like, oh, that, that's not good. They, they should have no reason why Taz and uh, Ricky Starks should look on the same level as your two big bruisers. Yeah, your big thugs, yep. Because instead now they, they really honestly, watching that segment, in most of our minds they came off as like, oh, they're just short little stocky dudes. Because <laughs> yeah. we know Ricky Starks ain't big and he's standing, you know? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So that, that was Although, a visual thing for me that just, ugh, that was tough. Like how Ricky Starks looks though you know I do like Ricky Starks looks because he reminds me I said to my wife I was like hey could you imagine if the rock had a younger brother who's sort of Mexican maybe <laughs> he, that comes guy. Up, that guy. <laughs> he just looks it uh yeah but so you know uh do it Cody's gonna get one more time team up with um Darby Darby. Allen, and they're gonna take on oh but oh they're changing it up and what the heck? We never see, like, we rarely see Cage fight. Now he's not even fighting next week. It's going to be uh, Starks and Powerhouse. And you know who's eating the pin there. It's definitely a Powerhouse losing night. Uh, or no, I guess probably Ricky Starks because Starks. they want to push Powerhouse. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I yeah. Was, yeah. But uh, did, I, did I not say several weeks ago, I talked about the pairing after he won the title, about mm -hmm. Cody and Darby together? Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, main event time. Blade, Bunny, and uh, Butcher come out with Eddie Kingston. Um, I said to my wife, I said, take a look at this team. They look pretty cool. These fucking guys never win. <laughs> Butcher and the Blade, have, have they rarely win. These guys should win. They look cool. Yeah. Uh, the Bunny gives them this really cool aspect of it. And they usually eat pins every week, you know? 
Uh, so they come out. Uh, they're teaming up against Pac and Ray Phoenix with uh, I'm Penta. just calling him Penta. <laughs> He's got such a long name I can never remember all this stuff. So uh, they're going to team up. Um, Eddie gets on to the to the mic. I got to admit I always get a chuckle when yeah, Eddie's there's like some chuckles attacking Shafani and and yeah. uh, and I did make this comment which I thought was really funny is I ta- I I said to you guys man. That's some funny pants you got on, Tony, right? Yeah. And I was referring to these, like, kind of weird purpley-pink pants that <laughs> old Tony Schiavone, 65-year-old guy, is wearing, like, 18-year-old pants from The Gap, right? Yeah. But then it occurred to me after I typed that in that we have a Tony on our team, and I didn't want him to think I was mocking him. But I, so I'm like, no, I meant Schiavone. But <laughs> um, I don't know. I can't, I can't see Tony Diaz wearing a... Those kind of pants? Gap pants, no. Yeah, I, I don't think he would do that either, but who would have thought that Tony Schiavone would have done that? <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, he's he's like he's like the dress equivalent of a mullet because he's all like, you know, he's business on top and he's party on the, on the bottom. bottom. <laughs> That's funny. That's um, funny. <laughs> so, okay, so we get the, the death triangle taking on Eddie taking every chance he can to make fun of just about everybody, but maybe not JR. He was laying on. No, JR not JR as much. Yeah. But Excalibur and definitely Shivani, man. He yeah. picks on Tony Shivani so much. Um, so this match gets off. Uh, surprisingly a good match. I liked it was a it. fun match. It was fun. Um, then the ending came. <laughs> Very surprised that Butcher and Blade, no matter what, came up with a victory. Yes. Um, good on them. I really hope they get more matches, uh, but kind of weird to, to kind of taking a bit of the air out of death triangle so quickly. Uh, I mean, I'm sure maybe they can rebuild that, but when you get a team like butcher and blade who never win, it just adds up after a while. I mean, I would like to legitimately know the last time that butcher and blade have won a match on dynamite. I'm sure they've won probably a couple dark match squash matches, yeah, but it yeah. has probably been a long time since those two dudes and we've wanted to win. They look, I think Butcher looks so cool, especially when he yeah. comes out with the smock. Um, and uh, Blade is just, he's a good wrestler. Um, but this was a very fun match. Uh, yeah. Pack looking pretty good. Uh, however, time to get that book out. Um, okay. I have committed to, if I catch a wrestler doing an obvious leg kick, He's going in the book. Now, I'm not looking for them. I want you people to understand this. I'm not scrutinizing, thinking, oh, that move's going to happen. But when it's so in front of your camera that you're like, you know, like Pac was laying in the corner, Butcher come, or Blade comes running at him. He puts his foot up and slaps his leg right in front of the camera. And I'm just like, the reason I'm down on this, because I always imagine if somebody was sitting next to me watching wrestling, trying to see what I got out of it that didn't get it, how do I explain to him why that dude slapped his leg? It obviously makes a sound, so I guess that's why he did it. But there's no way in the real world in any kind of fight you're going to slap your leg when you kick somebody or anything like that. So I'm afraid we're going to put Pack in the book. Uh, you want to do the honors there, uh, Elio? All right. So Pack, you just into made the leg the book. kick. Pack's right. leg kick. You just made the book. Now, a little birdie told me that maybe Andy had some problem with Pack in this. Uh, I, I I do, but not going in the book, but just oh. something that I'll get to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, it was a good match. I'm gonna let's let's stave off the last part 
with Archer. Let's okay. just get right into uh, into the match itself. Like a lot of stuff. Sometimes Ray Phoenix can be a little too hoppy around, and and he starts falling into the Young Bucks category of a gazillion moves, and nothing really hurts him. But uh, it came off good in this match. This 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 team matched up rather well. Yes, I enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to the obviously as this feud goes on. Andy, what did you see? Yep. Uh, similar sentiment. Uh, a fun match. Uh, you know what? You know, you could say it's like, wow, well, I'm kind of surprised to see you know, with Death Triangle kind of get back together. Uh, for me, the right team won, assuming that there's going to be more to this, which it looks like there will be. So so I was happy with that. I was, it was a pleasant surprise. Uh, and to me, like, you know, we can harp on them not getting a lot of wins, but Blade and Butcher are the more... Uh, the more consistent they're the, they're the regular tag team so to me to have two guys that kind of just come back together and then beat the regular tag team it's like eh. again depending where storylines are going to go but you know as we've said from what it looks like here things are going to carry on with them so i'm good with this because you know that's one of those things where the heels you know the heels are kind of getting the upper hand so now we got to try and get that comeback that retribution so that's it was it was good um my big thing that kind of and, and he, like, I'll explain this to you guys, and I'll explain this, you know, to the listeners. If you get a chance, please go back. I tried to make a note of kind of when it happened, and the reason why it stuck out to me is because I wasn't looking for it. You know, kind of like I mean, no. you don't you don't go looking for the leg slaps. That's no. kind of I'd that's rather kind of, not see them. I'd yeah, but it's kind of it's kind of your thing. Yeah. So this to me was something that was like, I just happened to be looking. I'm like, is this actually happening? Okay, so. My friends here, my friends that are listening, if you go back and watch this match, towards the end, uh, there was a point where I think it was like Blade gives um, Phoenix a hot shot on the yeah. ropes. Because even Eddie's like, oh, he's like, yeah, I showed him that. That's from my favorite wrestler, Eddie Gilbert. Yeah. Uh, and then so that the hot shot happened. Something else happened. And then Phoenix is crawl, starts making the crawl back to his corner to make the tag. When that happens, if you go back and you watch Pac, he is literally not watching at all. He's got one leg up on the, the second rope, and he's fixing his knee pad. <laughs> and I mean, and I mean, it's not like it's like it's not like he's watching and fixing. It's like yeah. he's totally fixing his knee pad, not paying any attention at all to what's going on in the match. And and you know what? It, it it happens. I mean, because you know, there's another thing, and you're not supposed to do it, or you're supposed to do it where it's like very inconspicuous. If you fix your tights, you brush your hair, you do all these little things that if you're selling or you're doing this or that, you shouldn't be, you know, fixing your your clothes. Yeah. But here, your tag team partner who is in danger has already started making the crawl. You know, it it was almost to me like one of those heel things where, you know, the, the tag team partner is about to make a turn, you know, the, the guys that's been yeah. selling, taking all the heat and it's like, Oh no, hang on a second. I got to tie my shoe. And then he misses the tag kind of thing. Yeah. It, it was like that. And I mean, I think he's still like in time kind of turned back to I me mean, cause that obviously wasn't it, but you just go and watch because as it goes from kind of the, the tighter kind of camera shot with what's going on. And then it kind of goes back to the wider shot and there's pack in the background and Phoenix is crawling and he's literally like fully engaged and pulling up his knee pad. And I'm like, 
<laughs> what the hell, man? <laughs> so, okay, yeah, that like is said, that is some weak shit. <laughs> yeah, it's no, I'm not not a not a putting in the book thing, but it was just no. one of those things. I don't that know. Just, that is that's worthy of book stuff, though, man. Uh, if it happens mm. again, mm. but uh, but yeah, if, if you guys get a chance, or, or anybody listening or, or watching, mm-hmm. uh, if you go back and see it, tell me you saw what I saw, <laughs> or, or tell me I'm wrong, because but I don't think I am. All right, Elio, watching this match, what were you getting out of it? I uh, this was like Andy said, it was a fun match. I'm gonna go back and watch because uh, I. <laughs> I want to see what uh, exactly, well, like what Andy was uh, talking about. Yeah, it was like the last six, seven minutes. Of the I, match I, I never, back. I've never seen this or heard of this in any match. So, yeah, fair enough. It, but it's yeah, something. it was a good so, match. Again, just, just you know, so so people understand. It's one of those things. And if you, you know, if you watch WWE and, and you you know you watch AW, if you watch really close, because one of the things and I've heard about this like for Vince and producers and stuff, what they don't like is for something to happen where you take a move uh, and you're selling, and while you're selling, you're pulling up your knee pad or you're pulling up your trunks yeah. or your hair's in the way and you push. And it's tough to do because I mean, if you know if a pad slides down or if your trunks get pulled. You need to fix them, but you have to try to find a way to fix them so that you're not, oh, this hurts, this hurts. Wait a minute. Oh, I got a wedgie. Hang on. Got to pull that out. So it's, it's, a, it's a very, <laughs> you know, having been in the ring, it's, it's a very difficult thing, but mm-hmm. it's something that needs, you know, needs to get fixed. It's just the way of trying to do it in an inconspicuous way, a subtle way that doesn't uh, take away from, you know, what you're doing, especially if you're, if you're trying to be selling something. Yeah. And so for this, like I said, with, in a tag team match where a tag team and you know if you're on the apron you're supposed to be staying engaged it's part of how you know the psychology of it you can kind of lose things where if your things are going on in the ring and your partner is getting beat down and you're you know you're looking around you're you're waving to people in the front row well obviously you know you don't care about your partner why should anybody else yeah you're a piss poor partner too (laughs) yeah you know you want to be getting involved you want to be cheering your partner on you're a teammate it's part of a team it's like you know you're cheering them on hey come on man you can do it you know if you're like move move like come on make the tag make the tag no hang on i gotta fix my knee pad (laughs) well i don't want to sound mean but if we were like in a six-man tag the three of us and ellie was coming in for the hot tag i would turn around and pretend i was not i just want to be a little bit yeah yeah Yeah. i'd probably i'd probably just tag myself in by all means, maybe yeah. they'll beat a vocabulary into you. <laughs> all right. Hey, hey, whatever whatever you do with yourself, keep that in the privacy mm-hmm. of your own home. Yo! All right, let's go on to next, uh, the final the after, uh, yeah, aftermath. The aftermath. And it's funny because, thank God for callbacks sometimes, because it actually took me 30 seconds to be like, why the hell is Lance Archer coming in here, right? But then I remembered... The whole Eddie took away his title shot with the, you know, with the the battle COVID royal thing. and then the yep. COVID and all this stuff. It actually kind of made a little sense. Yeah. If if Archer is such a, a crazed ass guy, by all means, he'd be going after Eddie and his group. So uh, Archer comes in after the uh, end of the. Uh, geez, like how many times did he nail Pac in the head with, uh, you know, slamming him down onto the chair? Like I think he was up to his third time when, when. Uh, Music comes off and in comes Lance Archer. Pac looks like he's dead. Um, mm-hmm. But then Archer comes in and starts beating the crap out of everybody. Um, and yet I liked it. 
Yep. I'm going to say it was interesting. It, at first, I was like, what's going on? But then when it occurred to me, all the stuff with Eddie, hell yeah. In the storyline, he should be pissed at Eddie that Eddie took away all his chances and preyed on his him not being there. So I liked it. What did you get out of it, Andy? Uh, something similar. I just, I like I said, and I, and I hope that we're on the same page with AEW and that's happening for the right reasons. Uh, and again, just like you, whether it's wrestling, whether it's movies, I love callbacks. That's one of my favorite things. Uh, and that's, you know, especially as wrestling fans, you know, we talk about this on a, I don't know if we, like, not saying we talk about this, but it's one of those things on a regular basis. Wrestling fans, for the most part, have very good memories. And we remember stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. We remember little details. And so, you know, for all the times that we have the good callbacks, there's also the thing where angles get dropped, stories get dropped, things mm-hmm. just, and we're sit going, sitting here going, what, what happened? I was buying into this. I, I'm invested in this. And now you're basically just telling me like, yeah, no, you kind of wasted your time. So I'm hoping that this is the solid callback that, you know, we're thinking it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it'll add some new life into Archer. Uh, and I, yeah, I was right now. I mean, he was, you know, he's kind of just kind of like listless, kind of floating in the water, you know, kind of treading water kind of thing. So this, this would give some direction. I think this, you know, is assuming he'd be more of a baby face in this role. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of freshens things up for him a little bit. Is that what you want? Do you want him as the baby face in this role? Or would you rather Eddie gravitate towards being the face? Eddie could pull it off, but right now I'm enjoying him as a heel. Mm-hmm. And I I would like to see, yeah, I, I would like to see what happens with uh, with Lance as a baby face. Okay, okay. Uh, do you think it works, though? Like, Archer's character is just so... I like to see him as a baby face, but his character is so developed into being a psychotic bully that I'm not sure. What's I don't know. Up? This is a really yeah, tough one. It's a, you know, or do you just go? Do you just go villain versus villain? I mean, they occasionally do that. Have the occasional yeah, heel they they heel. can, but yeah, yeah, they can. And I I just think that uh, just for something different because I don't think what they've done with him. I mean, you know, as the murder hawk, mm-hmm. I don't think there's much there right now. Mm, so let's see what happens just because AEW tends to book like old style wrestling i don't have a problem with heel versus heel it makes me think of the old like bruiser brody abdullah the butcher i mean brody was never really a good guy yeah and just two guys hating each other beating the crap and what a spectacle yeah go see yeah i would hope that route because i find a hard time i think i don't think lance archer works well as a as a as a Babyface. Baby I, I just don't think so. Eddie can do it, but he's just tied in with too much stuff going on in his villainous role to all of a sudden become yeah. a good guy. Oh, yeah. What do you think, Elio? Do you think... Uh... I, I want to see that. I think, I think it would be different refresh seeing Lance Archer as a face. As a face? Do you think yeah. he can pull it off from what you've seen? Yeah, I mean, uh, when I saw him come out tonight attacking everyone, uh, mm-hmm. It took me. It took me a while as well to think back. Uh, why, why is he attacking everyone? And then I'm like, oh wait, the battle royal. That's right. Well, one of the problems here too is the fact is I don't think a good guy Lance Archer works having Jake the Snake with you. 
I think he's obviously going to have to lose him. Or but Jake was also him. Jake was also a good guy at one point. Yeah, but I mean, his current role and stuff. I don't think is he going to be just another oh, the cur- the Arn current, Anderson. The, the current version, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Can see that, yeah. So, I think I think there's still potential because I think he could still be a, a mouthpiece for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just even from that little bit, like to me, Lance Archer, I saw more facial expression. I I felt more yeah. energy coming out of him. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, and again, saying he was kind of like listless in the water, it, to me, that it, it, it felt like refreshing, like a bit of a rejuvenation. Yeah, like, I could see I, that. I, it, it definitely know, did. Yeah, so it wasn't for me like, you know, whether there's a callback there or not, it wasn't like, oh, Lance Archer, really? I was like, ooh, Lance Archer. Like, this is mm-hmm. interesting. So yeah, I guess time will tell. All right. Well, you know what, guys? Um Interesting show this week. Let's wrap up our AEW look with a rating on our high school diploma <laughs> exams. Uh, let's start off. Elio, what are you going to give this week's show? Because this week's show um, moved along smoothly. Uh, there was really no, not many lowlights. Everything mm-hmm. was solid. I'm going to go with the B plus on this one. B plus. All right. Um, Andy. Uh, similar to what Elio said, and that's, I, I was waffling from the end of the show for this entire time that we've been talking. I've been mm-hmm. waffling between B plus and A minus, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to go with B plus as well, because overall it was, it was a solid show. Uh, I, you know, I kind of messaged you like, man, like I'm, you know, I'm tired. I'm yep. falling asleep, but it wasn't because of the show, just because I was yeah. tired. At first, you got me scared when you said that. I'm like, <laughs> oh, because I, I was like 20 minutes behind Andy watching. Yeah. Like, oh shit, what's coming? <laughs> But uh, no, overall, there you know, a, a few like I've said, a few small things. But uh, I was happy to see the you know production improved. Uh, I would like to officially strike AEW's production or audio from the book. Yeah, we can remove that. I think, Wait, should uh, we give them one more week to see if this wasn't a fluke? no, no, two weeks in a row? I'm, I'm. I'm oh, good. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah they so, only had a bit of a blurb last week at that one. Yeah. So, back, yeah. AEW production. You are out of the book. All right, yeah. boys. You did so, yeah, some good so, production this week, so keep yeah, it up. So, and B+, plus, that's, uh, it was a good, solid show. Okay. I am going to give it an A this week because I literally, except for a tiny few moments, sat back and watched the entire show. I didn't fast forward through stuff. I didn't have to be like, oh, God, except for Matt Hardy. I'll admit I, I did skip Matt Hardy because I just don't think he's very relevant anymore. Um, but the, the, I basically watched the entire show, even the bad, too bad segment parts and enjoyed it. Uh, the wrestling was solid and fun. Uh, some unexpected matchups that I would never have guessed that were going to come off. Well, um, yeah, I'm going to give it an A this week, a very solid effort. Uh, I'm curious tomorrow morning, I'll get up and watch NXT and wonder where my vote's going to go because uh, last week, you, nobody else agreed with me, but I enjoyed uh, NXT more last week than the high-rated, what did I give it, like a B-plus last week for AEW? So, you know, uh, NXT's got a lot to live up to tomorrow, so let's see how that goes. Um, guys, uh, any last thing you guys want to throw out before we uh, filter out into the night? <laughs> no, no. It's, like I said, it was, it was a good show, good watch. Uh you know, not the, I don't know if I'd call it the greatest go-home show for 
Yeah, I don't think Felton was going to go show it. But it was good stuff. All right. Well, you know what, fans? Coming up uh, this week on Quarantine, man, I had a great time with this. And Andy is responsible for it because I've always been a fan of Puerto Rico wrestling. And when we started to do an episode, I said, man, I'd like to get Glamour Boy Shane. And Andy was like, I know that guy. I can get him. And uh, he delivered. What a cool, fun yeah. guy. Talk some awesome. great stories. He was awesome. Uh, we never once made the joke about, as we're all sitting in our cold little uh, rooms, he's sitting with a great big full swimming pool off his yeah. deck. Out in Florida. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but but a humble, pretty nice guy. And uh, look forward to that, fans. We, we talked all about some cool stuff in Puerto Rico. We talked about some of the names you've heard of, guys that all three of the guys have wrestled or met or had experiences with. You know what? We had so much fun. We decided in January we're going to do another Puerto Rico show. We're going to try and uh, see if we can get uh, Savio Vega back on there and try a few other guys that we always wanted to talk about that are very much wrapped up into the what the Puerto Rican scene was. As a longtime wrestling fan, if you followed wrestling in the 80s and 90s, you could not help but hear stuff filtering out of Puerto Rico that just fired your imagination. So looking forward to this week's quarantine. Uh, guys, um, it's been a great night. We had a lot of fun. It was good. Thank God, because I don't know how many times we have done episodes of AEW where we were all just like, really? Yeah. We sat through this. So thank God that they got the production under control. Obviously, the writing went up a scale here. I mean, there's some great promos in there. Uh, still confused by the Kenny Omega, John Moxley thing of how you portray this, but I don't know. So we'll see. At least it's making me interested, right? I can't bitch yeah. about that. So, uh, folks, have a great night. Uh, we here in Alberta, as me and Andy could tell you, just got handed a whole bunch of draconian almost uh, things that we have to go through even more. So yet our uh, pathetic minister failed to do the right thing and, and put us into a lockdown to get rid of this. Instead, he's thinking more of uh, non-existent wallets and whatnot, but whatever. I'm pretty sure in three months or two months we'll be in a real lockdown because once again, this stopgap failed and it'll be even worse and then we'll really have to do it and really be behind and then we'll all be poor because we should have just done this in the beginning but anyhow folks uh whatever way this thing turns out it's long it's hard it's wearing on me i, I know it's wearing on you guys it's this is a horrible way to live our lives since we've lived our lives a whole different way a year ago this is this is kind of shitty you know um i want to go to movies I want to go hang out with my friends at the brewery. I want to do all this kind of stuff. I can't even go visit Andy if I drove into Red Deer or into Edmonton right now because we, I don't want you to visit me. You do. So. I tell you, you we're that little down. pink camisole. Anyways, um, but right now in Alberta, you're not allowed to have people visit your house. It's that it's it's uh it's part of this new system. So it's tough, and I get that. Wherever you are in this world, you have it just as worse as we do. There's nowhere that's got it safe. Um, and as hard as it gets, hey, watch some wrestling have some fun there's lots of things we can find uh it's easy to get down and low in your spirits and think that oh man i've been there i'm sure all of us have been there it's a struggle to think oh we got another day of this crap but sometimes if we just put in the back of our head that it's not always going to be like this there is going to day we wake up the clouds part there is no more covid scaring us and we just go back to a life we used to like so Folks, just be good to each other. Stay safe. Keep clean. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Yada, yada. All the other stuff. Now, I'm going to get that noisy chatterbox Elio who just 
people, give him less words because this guy just won't shut up. He's, Anyhow, like 80, he's at 85 right now, so he's got just at 85? Okay, you got enough to do wrap up the show. And we'll so, yeah. talk to you next week.